Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation and part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will uh, go over the recent election last night, and also we will be discussing the interviews uh, from folks uh, from this past rallies at both the Freedom Works rally and a Donald Trump rally. And so give a little background about uh, the individual rallies. Of course, the Trump rally was, well, a rally for Trump. Uh, and then the Freedom Works, while uh, not particularly for a candidate per se, it did have Glenn Beck there. As, as you know, uh, we are, as you know, that Glenn Beck has endorsed uh, Ted Cruz. So it was more of like a Ted Cruz event there in, you know, in that rally from the Freedom Works. And also, of course, uh, check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Now, if you're out there listening, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And we'll uh, push the one on your number dial if you're in the call. And uh, we'll get you into the show so you can make your comments about uh, what some of the comments you're hearing from uh, the different folks that uh, I interviewed at these rallies uh, so we get to hear from them. And also, if you'd like to chime in about the results from last night and a lot of the talk uh, that we have uh, been having going on. Now, of course, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the last count that I've seen, uh, won Florida. He also won Illinois and North Carolina. Uh, last time I heard it was pretty close between Cruz and Trump uh, from Missouri. I'll have to check that to get uh, see who won that. And, of course, we have Kasich, who won Ohio, which means that he will be staying in the race. Now, I know there was a lot of Trump supporters out there who was hoping that uh, Trump won Ohio. It would pretty much be over, and we'd be ready to be gearing up for the uh, general election. And so we'll be doing that. And I think uh, we're getting about ready uh, to do that. Of course, there's still a long way to go. Uh, now that it's pretty much down to two candidates, of course, Kasich will be in there as well. Uh, but we are down to pretty much two candidates, uh, Trump and Cruz, and we'll see how that happens. Now, in my estimation, I think Trump may still be able to get the uh, delegates needed, the 1237 needed, in order to win the nomination outright. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but if not, I think he still will come up with the most. Now, I know some of the things we're talking about, a, um, you know, well, what if Cruz were to win Pennsylvania and, you know, win some other states uh, such as New Jersey, 
and also when possibly New York. Uh, so we'll see if uh, he'll be able to uh, win those. Now, Pennsylvania, I think maybe, but through my understanding, I thought Cruz didn't even have enough signatures in Pennsylvania uh, to run there. I mean, that, that's a re- one report that I heard, uh, but we'll have to see on that. Uh, but in my estimation, you know, what I think is that, and not the two-line horn, but a lot of what, you know, I kind of predicted and said was going to happen is pretty much coming to fruition, this, you know, this election cycle. Uh, now, one of the things, you know, that, you know, I've been saying is that, and one of the reasons why I think Donald Trump will, you know, get the 1237, if not be closest or have the most, is I don't see Cruz getting New Jersey especially since uh, you've had Chris Christie, for the most part, uh, you know, supporting uh, Donald Trump. There was a report, uh, someone said, behind the scenes that he's actually now going to be uh, working against him to try to get a broker convention. That would be something uh, we'll talk about later, contest convention. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but So I don't see Cruz getting, uh, at this point, New Jersey. I do not see him getting Pennsylvania, uh, and I do not see him getting New York. And finally, I don't see Cruz getting California. Now, of course, we're talking about Kasich. They're talking about Kasich possibly getting the states such as Pennsylvania. And there's even a little bit of talk of Kasich being able to get New York. I seriously doubt New York just for the very fact um, that, you know, that's kind of the first tome of Donald Trump. And so I don't see that. And actually, there's an audio clip. I remember back in 2012 um, that there was some chicanery going on uh, around the New York, let's, uh, the New York primary uh, that was going on by the supporters of Romney. Of course, we know he was the, the candidate for uh, the establishment back in 2012, in which uh, basically this guy, and I'm trying to find the audio clip. I've, I've got so many audio clips i got to go through here in, in order to find it. Uh, perhaps uh, I'll find it later on, or you know, I'll refer back to that and play that. But that was in the New York, where basically it said that, you know, Romney was the only, uh, you know, candidate left uh, to, be, to vote for pretty much in New York, and who knows, maybe the same kind of chicanery, uh, they'll try to do that. I don't know if it'll be as likely uh, this time around, especially with Trump. Uh, so, But we'll see. I mean, I unfortunately wouldn't uh, put anything past the Republican establishment and, you know, what the chicanery they'll do to get their candidates. Now, so that brings us to a lot of the talk about a brokered convention, contested convention, you know, going on, whereas uh, if Donald Trump does not get it, one of the things I've been uh, asking, and I asked uh, a lot of the people I s- spoke with at these rallies, knowing that, you know, by the time uh, this show aired, that the Ohio primary and, you know, the, this Super Tuesday uh, would be over. So the question I asked, and we'll hear answers from uh, some of the folks who I've interviewed, you know, what they thought about a broker convention and if that might be the only thing that could heal the Republican Party if indeed Trump does get the nomination. Now, if Trump does get the nomination, okay, or does not get the nomination, we already broke the convention. I was uh, putting out there that I think the only way that the party would not be splintered uh, or lose a lot of votes is 
if you have Donald Trump, he would get the most votes, and I still think he will. For him to get the nomination as the top of the ticket with a Ted Cruz as the uh, VP pick, and this is why. Because, I mean, you've got millions of voters who voted for uh, for Trump, and, of course, you know, you also have your Cruz supporters. And any of those get disenfranchised by the establishment swooping down and trying to make their pick uh, to be the nominee. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to be staying home or, or vote, maybe even voting third party uh, with that. And as I said, you know, we, we've had folks, so one guy we'll hear from later, uh, he's a 40-year-old gentleman who this was the first time, this was at the Trump rally, this was the first time he ever voted. And with that being said, uh, he was a, a Trump supporter. He said, yes, I'm 40 years old. I never felt uh, the desire to go out and vote until 40. And I asked him, and you'll hear in the interview, you know, what he thought if, if Trump did not make it. And that won't be a spoiler on that. Uh, we'll let uh, you hear from him. Uh, so I do see that uh, you got Susan on the line. Who'd like to chime in? And then while she's uh, giving us her thoughts of uh, the past election and uh, some of the other uh, things we got going on, we got a lot of time tonight. We got a lot of material to cover. Might even be enough uh, to cover a couple of shows uh, because even though, as I said, these rallies happened prior to uh, the Ohio election, I still think through the rest of the campaign, uh, a lot of uh, what we've talked about in, in those interviews you'll hear tonight. Uh, have a lot to do with moving forward. And while we uh, hear from Susan, I look for that. I thought it was Vincent Lita, and my audio clips are in alphabetical order, but I'm still not seeing it. So maybe uh, uh, it's somewhere else. But let's go ahead, and now I play that for New York, from New York. So go ahead, uh, Susan. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm fine. I'm not sure that the cruise camp was fine when I got done with them. Yeah, you're telling me a little bit about that. Uh, you seem like you're not very happy with her, with them then. Oh, I am pissed. Call me a scientific, you know, dummy, so to speak. He called everybody that. Anybody who was against the dark, who was um, for the dark act, uh, I'm saying it wrong. The dark act did not pass. We were against it. They, a lot of them were for it. Um, he he was for the dark act stuff, and I, you know, I just—is he a scientific person? No, if he wants to put that stuff in his body. Be my guest. I've got an article right here where Monsanto, uh, the farmer, uh, California widow sues Monsanto for killing her husband, and it looks like she could succeed. And uh, you keep putting that in your body. Uh, Ted Cruz goes all in for Monsanto and sells tens of millions of health-conscious Americans. You know, and so I called and gave them hacks. I passed on. I did Rand Paul, too. I didn't show any favoritism. And uh, hit, uh, Ted guy was just rude. He said, I won't pass this on to him. Excuse me? You're running for president? You're a senator? And you don't want to hear what I have to say? Uh, I guess you should be firing that person and you should start checking out your staffers, your people that write about Ben Carson, everybody a whole lot better. But apparently if you can't do that, you know what? You shouldn't be running a country because obviously you're just going to pass the buck and blame someone anyway. I have the right to bear arms, but not the right to read accurate food labels. Again, again, 
that that's how he believed. And Hillary Clinton is a Frankenfood pusher too. So I guess he must be joining hands with her. And and I didn't like the way I was treated. I don't like what he says about any of us who don't believe in it. We're anti-science zealots. So, you know, I mean, if you want to, you know, what the hell is he then? An idiot in general? Uh, you know, Monsanto. I mean, George Soros has his fingers in that. So does Bill Gates. And we know where Bill Gates stands, you know, anti-population and all of that stuff. You know, give them vaccines, try to kill them off. You don't need as many people in the world, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when Ted Cruz abandoned constitutional liberty and joined the totalitarian agricultural establishment, he just, he just, he does not have my backing. You know, a long time ago, I thought he did some good things and great, you know, but, you know, lately he's become, well, Kissinger's a great statesman and uh, Montana's wonderful and then lying about Rubio, which I don't like Rubio, but you still shouldn't lie about your opponent and lying about Carson's leaving. You know, he's become a, you know, and he has his ties to his wife, to Goldman Sachs. He's become a real jerk and I don't like it. I Goldman Sachs and Monsanto are two of the most destructive entities on the planet. So I'm not, I'm not happy with him. Not the least little bit. And Kelly's got some numbers for us. And then I'm going to, uh, but before we have him come on for that, uh, I'm going to play a, an audio here uh, from uh, Newt Gingrich and what his thoughts of the campaign uh, after Florida and Ohio. Now, you know, the other states, North Carolina, and Illinois have not come in yet. Missouri, of course, has not either. Uh, but, you know, he was uh, talking about the, the campaign moving forward. And then we're going to hear from the audio clips uh, from the people. First, we'll do it We'll do it in order. First, we'll hear from uh, the folks since you brought up Cruz. What we'll do here is I'll play this uh, clip from Gingrich, and then we'll uh, go ahead and play some of the interviews. And then we'll hear from Kelly, and then we'll uh, play some of the interviews from the Freedom Works rally. Uh, that was uh, held this past Saturday, and I'll play some audio from some of the interviews I did. And these are, for the most part, and I think all of them actually from that rally, were Ted Cruz supporters. Uh, so we hear why on that, and then of course we'll uh, have our discussion on it. And then uh, if anyone likes, so we've got a few people uh, who are the speakers uh, there. I mean, we can play some of those audios as well. But for me right now, it's more important to play. Uh, the audios of the people, you know, just the grassroots people I've interviewed uh, to do that. And so how we'll do it is we will uh, bring in, I play the Gingrich uh, audio, then we'll bring in Kelly. And then I see, uh, I think Gene's on the line. I'll uh, bring him in as well. And then we'll, we'll go ahead and then I'll play those interviews from uh, Cruz. We'll make our discussion uh, regarding those interviews from those people. And then what I'll do after that is I will play uh, the interviews from the Trump rally, then we'll have a conversation of that, and then we'll bring it uh, all together uh, throughout the show. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, want to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and we'll make sure we uh, get you into the show uh, by pushing your one on the number dial. And I appreciate uh, you listening uh, to us. So let's go ahead and play that audio from Gingrich, and then we'll bring in Kelly. 
Joining us now, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. He was also a 2012 Republican presidential candidate and is a Fox News contributor as well. Mr. Speaker, thanks for being here. Your thoughts, uh, Donald Trump's big win in Florida and John Kasich pulling it out, winner take all, 66 delegates in Ohio. Well, it was a life or death uh, victory for Kasich. He's a very popular governor, about 80% approval. He got reelected by carrying 86 out of 88 counties. Uh, and this gives him a new burst of life. Uh, and I think I'm inclined to be a little bit with Carl Rose's analysis that having Kasich be able to work states like Pennsylvania, Connecticut, uh, and New York, while Cruz focuses on states that are more compatible uh, with his background, may be the best possible chance uh, to slow Trump down. We'll know better later on tonight. I, I think the final outcome in North Carolina, Illinois, and Missouri are almost as important as the outcomes in Florida and in, in uh, Ohio. However, what you can say for sure is that the nominee is going to be named either uh, Donald or Ted. Uh, now, Kasich can play a major role in deciding which of those two it is, as frankly Rubio can by suspending his campaign but not having given up his delegates. But it's very hard for me to imagine that we're going to get to the end of this particular process and not have shrunk the options to be either Trump or Cruz with an out of the possibility that Trump will win it all by just sheer momentum. So you don't buy the contested convention where you could go to a second ballot, a third ballot, and suddenly the person who brings the party together is not one of those two. I think it's insane. Now, you live in an age of television and social media. Millions and millions of people will have voted. You, will have, you have two really strong personalities. I mean, Trump and Cruz are not exactly, you know, shrinking violets. The idea is somebody's going to magically appear and push those two guys aside, my hunch is that they would probably join forces to block any third person from emerging uh, just out of sheer anger. I mean, these are both anti-establishment, fundamental reform, disrupt the system candidates. They're not going to turn this over to somebody who represents the establishment. Uh, now, Kasich has a role to play, and if he suddenly got really hot, if he won Pennsylvania, if he won Connecticut, he'll be head-to-head -head with Trump in New York. You know, then maybe he gets to edge his way back in. But my hunch is that he is the balance between the two dominant characters but probably can't get to be their peer. Mr. Speaker, do you foresee the so-called establishment ever getting at this point behind Ted Cruz? So they've, they've said they don't like Donald Trump. They hate Ted Cruz. They might like John Kasich, but, but, but don't see a likely route for him. So what does this so-called establishment do? <laughs> I asked somebody this afternoon, do you think the senators dislike Ted Moore or fear Donald Moore, and the person who's looked at me broke up laughing. Uh, this is one of those strange historical moments where each of the two strongest candidates have enormous strengths and have fundamental weaknesses, and where the establishment, frankly, has thrown away its opportunity. I, I believe that the, the Bush Super PAC, for example, spent more money attacking Marco Rubio than it spent attacking Trump. Now, strategically, that's, it made sense for Bush, but strategically, that was irrational because Trump was the person who ultimately was, is the decisive threat to the old order, even more than Cruz, and Cruz is a pretty big threat. So you can imagine how big a threat that Trump is. I just think people in Washington are now sort of hiding and, and uh, having a long drink, and after tonight, uh, a number of them may decide that they're going to need, need a new career. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of predictions coming in tonight about whether, you know, it's the eyes of March whether the GOP is facing an existential crisis tonight and whether no. indeed the whole future of the party rested on the results tonight. Do you, do you buy that and where do you think the party stands? 
Look, I think the party has a very good, healthy crisis. Actually, Marco Rubio, in his speech, uh, had a very good section there, uh, and I thought it was a very good speech on his part, and reminded us of what an attractive person he is and that he will be back. He has a great future. Uh, but the point where he said, look, in 2010, the voters sent, sent a message. They gave the Republicans the House. Things didn't change. In 14, they gave Republicans the Senate. Things didn't change. Cruz and Trump are the natural, legitimate consequence of conservative voters being fed up with the Washington establishment. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, thank you for being here. Good. Thank you. Coming up, Donald. Now, a couple comments I want to make before uh, bringing Kelly in is one is notice Megan Kelly said the so-called establishment, which I think she is a part of, to be honest. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Megan Kelly and haven't been since 2012. Um, so I definitely want to make uh, yeah yeah de- de- definitely want to make a comment on that uh, and so and there's another things but I was doing you know, I want to comment on I was doing some things in the background uh, and should, probably should have taken some notes but let's go ahead and bring in Kelly he's got some numbers for us and uh, we'll uh, go ahead and play some of those audio clips from the Freedom Works rally uh, after that so let's go ahead and welcome Kelly thank you very much Kelly for coming <clears> to the show how are you. Hey, hey, I'm doing good. I've been wondering, you know, first thing I woke up, I know what's going on today, and then a client called me because he knew I was politically aware. So I just looked it up on the web. Um, We had five states, uh, North Carolina, Florida, Missouri, Illinois, and Ohio. And the big surprise is North Carolina has 72 delegates. Ohio has 66. And Newt Gingrich mentioned there in that clip you just played that uh, – you know, North Carolina is more important, or it could be more important than Ohio. Well, wow, with 72 delegates uh, versus 66 in Ohio, I think he's he's, he's quite right there. So, you know, in North Carolina, Trump got 40.2 percent. Ted Cruz got 36.8, so about a four-point spread. Kasich is down to 12. Florida, um, Trump was the obvious dominant winner with 46. I'm rounding a little bit. Cruz 17 and. Uh, Kasich only had like seven, and there's a missing other percentages to add up to 100 there. It's kind of a weird, uh, I did a Google search on this. Missouri was a really close race, uh, two, uh, two-tenths of a percentage point, not 2%, two-tenths of a percent. Trump right. 40.9, and Ted Cruz was 40.7. Again, Kasich, he's down there in the 10%. Illinois, um, there. Did they uh, real quick, Kelly? Did they ever call? Did they ever call that Missouri? Then did they did they officially call that for Trump? Because it's important because of the delegate count. Yeah, I'm not sure if if we're officially called there on that one. So it's an interesting one. The 300 and some, I think around three. Here, let me look up here. Um, three. Missouri had. All right, with my little thing. Um. Missouri only had like 360,000 votes for one candidate that I saw. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Donald Trump, 382,000. Ted Cruz, 380,000. Uh, so it's really, you know, 92,000. Yeah, that's really tight with a little less than 2,000 different votes. Um, yeah, it's that close. All right, so that's Missouri. Um, go to Illinois. Trump is real strong, 38-8. Cruz was 30%. Kasich was 20%. Ohio was 47. Trump, I'm sorry, 47 for John Kasich. Trump had 36. 
and Cruz is down to 13. So <laughs> I can explain we that. Have, yeah, let me summarize these um, delegate counts, okay? North Carolina, 72. Florida, 99. That's the big winner of the day. Missouri, 15. Illinois, 49. Uh, Ohio, 66. When you add all these up in the present total, uh, Trump has 661. Ted Cruz has 406. So he's 50% more than Trump right now in delegate count. Um, actually, you know, even better than 50, 50% more. Kasich has a big one, 42, not much. Um, you need 1237 to get the nomination, so he's close to halfway there. Um, let's see. Now, if you take, this is interesting, if you take uh, Ted's Cruz's 406 and Kasich's 142 and you combine them, um, you get 548, which, you know, if the Kasich delegates go for Trump, he's still giving Trump a very good run. That's just a, a you know little note. Of course, some of the Casey fans aren't going to go for Cruz. It's kind of a fantasy thing for some who are really devout Cruz fans. But um, you know, it's it's it isn't over yet, but it's getting pretty strong. And so the debates are obviously going to be down to three people. Um, on well, there the, was supposed to be a debate Monday, but uh, Trump uh, backed out and they canceled it. Wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Trump said there. Yeah, he's had enough of the debates, and he's done. At least with this one. He's, but yeah, he backed out of this one, enough. and so and then case in case it's still uh, Trump ain't going to be there. You know, I'm not going. And then uh, I guess that only left Cruz. So yeah, the debates get over. Huh. Yeah, so well, no debate on that. Whether whether there are subsequent wins, I don't know. You know, that's kind of a bizarre ahead, thing Kelly. for uh, – well, yeah, even even with these good results. Which Trump knew it was going to be a blast fast. That's probably why he did it. Go ahead. Well, yeah, he might be tired of uh, the abusement part. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, one, two, three, four, five states yesterday. I think we have coming up Arizona. And Arizona has a substantial amount, uh, 58 delegates on the March 22nd. So that's, what, six days? Yeah, six days a week. Yeah, six days away. So, so next Tuesday is Arizona and Utah, actually. So 198. 98 delegates are up next Tuesday. So if Trump wins both those states and they're winner-take-all, then he's going to be half, uh, getting close to halfway there. That would be, yeah, that put him halfway there. And so that's just kind of a detailed, uh, I'm the numbers guy. And the Democrats, um, Hillary's got 1,600. And Sanders has 844, so she's almost double. But that's because of the super delegates, right? Well, actually, it's it's a close uh, race when you, it's a close race. It's tighter when you take away the super delegates. They need 2383 though. The, the Democratic Party is different. 2383 versus the Republicans at 1237 delegates. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting um, what's going on there. Um, I can explain that. Go ahead, Susan. I got, and then we'll, we'll I get got that first audio there. From Mike, the health ranger, and he said, sadly, the Hillary Clinton criminal elections machine has steamrolled Sanders' chances. As the DNC pre-decided Hillary would be the Democrat nominee before any votes were cast. They do not believe the choice of their nominee should be left up to the voters, and neither does the GOP. 
If Sanders had been able to beat Hillary, he would be instantly the anti-GMO choice for president. Sadly, he appears to have already been mathematically extinguished due to the rigged superdelegates controlled by the Clinton camp, which is staffed and run by criminals worthy of being prosecuted for treason. Um, now, the thing with Ted Cruz, he let off before he got into that with pro-GMO Republican establishment now in the state of total collapse. Cruz slaughtered at the polls as he's declaring his support for Monsanto. You know, you live, you know, you make that kind of a statement, guess what? You pay your your due. And he is paying for making that kind of saying that we're anti-science zealots. He denounced health conscious Americans, and now they know. He he is for the agriculture establishment that poisons America with weed growers and toxic GMOs linked to cancer. So, you know, it wasn't just that he said he supported him. He insulted us. That's going to cost you, and I'm glad it did. That's what I'm saying. So we now know what happened to Bernie, and, you know, that's the DNC and the, and the Republican people for you. They they choose it. That's what Phyllis Shapley said all the way along, the kingmakers. Ugh. We're disgusted right now. And I see we're at the bottom of the hour, folks. Uh, so just a couple of programming notes. Uh, shortly, we're going to hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. And I want to thank you all after giving us a call in tonight, uh, whether you're coming in through Blog Talk Radio or coming in listening to the show uh, through the Bards Logic uh, website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. If you are uh, listening from other venues, thank you. And if you're also here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, if you're in the chat, uh, welcome. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, make some comments in the chat, go ahead and uh, I will reply. Uh, but also, if you'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And uh, also, if you would like to follow the show, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, just push the little follow button uh, you see there on the site, and that will uh, give you the updates, uh, occasionally some updates on when the upcoming or past shows have been, so you can listen to either the podcast or be able to uh, come up on it live. Uh, so definitely check that out and uh, follow the show, uh, as well as you can check out our uh, website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and soon we will be playing those audio clips from the interviews I did at the Freedom Works rally and the Donald Trump rally. But first, before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And so we are going to go ahead and begin and play those audio clips, and we'll be bringing Gene in. Yeah. And I do see other callers, and I'll get you in as well. What what was that, Kelly? I wanted to go through some interesting reevaluation, if you will, or additional evaluation. Um, Kasich, we discard Ohio, 
um, five states, but we look at the four, North Carolina, Florida, Missouri, Illinois, K-State's average is only like 12.3%. So K-State is really hurting. And another thing about Cruz, he seems to do a little better in the Midwest. Obviously, Missouri, it's it's so close. Um, In Illinois, uh, he got 30% versus 38%. Uh, Ohio, you got cream. But it, what I'm finding, though, in North Carolina is somewhat conservative. But what I'm finding here is that in, in the real uh, conservative states or evangelical states, he's doing pretty well still, uh, Cruz is. But the um, some of these other, say, border states or whatever states, um, I, he may not be doing so well. Uh, when we look at, you know, um, Arizona's coming up, which is next, you know, right there next to Texas. And actually that's New Mexico, then Texas. Anyway, but what what's the region is it pulls the pulls in pretty good. Um as far as, you know, Texas and the southern. So a few more southern states might give Cruz some more votes, but you know, pretty soon Kasich's gonna be pretty much uh um gone. That's just kinda where this is headed. People are seeing that how many states have we had so far? 12, 13, 15 states? How many states have we had? Well, there's 22 uh, left, so they've, they've done 20. So they you have 22 left, so they've uh, done 28. Oh, 28 states? Well, of course, they okay. also did, they also, yeah, they, and they also did like uh, uh, Puerto Rico and some other ones. Oh, yeah, that's okay. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, the California is going to be a huge block, and I might get feeling it, Trump. It's going to be a Trump slam dunk. That's my team evangelical, and so I, I, I it, who knows what can happen from here forward. Um, Trump's looking really strong now, but it's an interesting demographics and such. Okay, and also, um, let's see. I do have uh, some audio. We actually have. The gentleman who I spoke to earlier in the beginning of the show tonight, uh, where if you were here, I looked at the show tonight, you'd be able to hear it in the podcast when you rewind. Who has, uh, without the, and this, what we're going to do, we were going to do the Trump, I mean, the uh, Freedom Works rally, but we'll, we'll jump over and do uh, one of the clips from the Trump rally because uh, we have him in the chat here. And so I'd like uh, to be able to play his audio. And so uh, this gentleman, you know, I spoke to him on Sunday, has never voted before ever, and he's now 40 years old, and he uh, is now voting for Trump, and, and we'll let the audio clip uh, tell, you know, be telling for that. And, of course, uh, if you'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428 and push the one on your number dial, and Brian will get you in. And so let me uh, get that audio uh, from there. And so, let's see. I know we've had a couple of the uh, ones here. So here is, I believe his name's Brian, at least that's what we've got here in the chat. And so let's go ahead and play the audio from him. And this is from the Trump rally this past Thursday, or Sunday. Yesterday, I was at the uh, Freedom Works rally. Uh, that was in Cincinnati Convention. Ironically enough, where this was was going to be, but you know, I think it was a smart move to, to move it here. Frankly, uh, hey, I'm introducing. No, but anyway, um, 
Okay, great. And so now yesterday uh, at the Freedom Works rally, they had uh, Glenn Beck on, and he was kind of like the keynote speaker. We all know that he, you know, and I'm not a real, any of my audience knows I'm this, not, I'm not, not a Glenn, Glenn Beck, Beck fan. Glenn Beck's lived his time now. Glenn Beck is done. Glenn Beck's views and the way how he thinks does not reflect the people of Ohio. Where Glenn Beck lives, the way he feels, people aren't following. The people of Ohio are not listening to Glenn Beck. I got news for you. We're not even listening to Rush Limbaugh. We're going the way we want to go. These people that are the status quo, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, even Fox News, I don't believe them anymore. I don't believe nothing. They want to replay the same old things over and over and over and over and over. Every 30 minutes, you're going to see the same thing over and over and over. They don't show nothing positive. They only show the negatives. And they want to point the negatives towards Mr. Trump, and it's not towards Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump didn't control the protesters who came in in Chicago. It's plain and simple. He can't control what those people do. Mm -hmm. The 3,000, the 3,500 that came to see him in Chicago, they're the ones that's got their First Amendment rights took away. Yeah, because they weren't able to, yeah, unfortunately cancel it. Unfortunately. They say that Donald Trump controls the media. No, the media is the one that's putting Donald Trump on. Because they're getting ready. the people want to see Donald Trump. It's plain and simple. We're tired of the status quo. We're tired of the same people that they keep bringing up and saying that's the best that they can bring us. Well, guess what? We're tired of the best you can bring us. Democrat, Republican, any way they go, there's no other choice but Donald Trump. Where's America going to go? We've already spiraled down so far. There's nowhere else for us to go. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? We're going to let our dollar drop to the very bottom? No, we can't. My children will not have an America if we don't do something about it now. It's plain and simple. The, uh, the Cruz plan that he's wanting to put out, Mr. Big Oil, Ted Cruz from Texas, mm -hmm. what's the number one thing we export out of the United States? Oil. You don't want to put a tax on oil? Well, who's going to get rich off the oil? The big oil lobbyists. And that's who's backing Ted Cruz. Well, I tell you what, I, I, now that you brought that up, is that, I mean, it would have had to be another president from Texas, but, the, go ahead. Now, please don't get me wrong, I voted for George Bush. Mm -hmm. I'm a Republican. But I've seen this movement that is going on in the United States. I've you just answered my, my next question. Go ahead. Ohio. <laughs> the movement that's going on in Ohio alone, it speaks for itself. I was out all night last night until 9 o'clock putting out yard signs. Spent the day in the campaign office making signs. Went out and put them out to people. People wasn't asking for one. They were asking for six so they could give them to their neighbors, their friends. They support Donald Trump. Kasich's not going to win Ohio. And do you think, let's say... I'm a ground pounder, sir. I mm -hmm. don't make phone calls. I don't let people hang up on me. I go out and knock on doors. And I talk to the normal, working, individual, American, gun-loving, God-fearing Americans. We're tired of it. We're tired of what they're bringing up for us to vote on. Marco Rubio, the Mr. No-Show Marco Rubio, he's the worst, worst one out of all of them, the senators. He never doesn't show up to vote. So we're going to vote for someone that ain't going to show up and be in our White House? There's no way. At least people with common sense say <laughs> no way. Mm -hmm. But then you get these kids over here that want to protest. And they want to scream and holler that their First Amendment rights ain't. I'm sorry. They should have been spanked when they were little kids and got taught how I to I know act. I was. Okay. <laughs> There's a right and wrong. I got the belt. <laughs> we, ha we have our First Amendment rights to come here in this building to listen to Mr. Trump speak. They have no right to stop us. They have no right to come in there and break this up. That's not what First Amendment rights is. 
Mr. Marco Rubio is supposed to be the big person that defends the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. So is Ted Cruz. What stance did they take? They didn't say that Donald Trump had the right to have a uh, meeting in Chicago for everybody to come to. No, they said he was wrong for doing it. Let that happen, and then let's see what mm -hmm. side of the fence they're going to stand on then. Good point. Good point. Now, one of the things that, you know, and I'm asking this because, you know, it's in the media. They're talking about it. Okay. And they're saying... First of all, can you say anything else? I want to let you know. Sure. My name is Floyd Crouch. I live in Trenton, Ohio. I am an average person. I am not a politician. I'm not in no group. I don't. All I am here is to make America great again. I'm here to support Donald Trump because I feel he's our only hope for America. That and God. There's the only two things that's going to help America. Now, no, and I, I've been asking this of everybody because it is something that is being talked about. Is that, uh, for one, almost everyone it seems is, is out to get Trump. Whether you're a politician on the right, politician on the left, some media, you know, organizations, protesters are all, and there's a reason for that, I'm sure. Let's say that does affect the polls. Let's say that does affect the delegate count. Let's say that we do go to a brokered or a contested convention. Now, if let's say they would do that. There's so many scenarios that can happen. But let's say that, okay, we'll ask a couple questions on this topic if you don't mind. Let's say the RNC does their chicanery like they did in 2012 and they pick somebody else. It doesn't matter who. It's not Trump. It's not even Cruz. Let's say it's somebody else. Would you vote for that candidate against Hillary Clinton? I'm a Republican. Okay, the Republican Party will decide who we're going to vote for. The people will come together. We're going to vote. This is how it works. For these people to say, don't vote for me in Florida and vote for me in Ohio, or vote yeah. for him in Ohio and don't vote for me in Florida, that's not how the system works. That is called monopolizing the system. You're trying to beat the system. You're no better than the Democrats if that's what you're wanting to do. But the superdelegates. What you want to do is beat the system. The superdelegates. Okay? We are the people. We're the silent minority is what we are. We are coming out and we are speaking loudly. We're showing majority up in groves. Majority Thank and, you. <laughs> okay, not minority, majority. We're showing out in groves to see Donald Trump. We're supporting our candidate. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Not we're, just we're just showing our right to come here to listen to our candidate. And we support him. The status quo is done. And if these politicians can't figure it out, and they can't get aboard with what's going on in the United States right now, guess what, pals? You better get in line because there's a lot of people on unemployment because that's where you're going. Do you think that the Republican Party, let's say he gets a nomination. Let's say he does make the, the delegates that he needs to get. Do you think the Republican Party and the RNC they have will, no other will, will support him? They have no other choice to support him, or they will ruin the Republican Party. It will be up to them, not up to Donald Trump. It's up to them. If they want the Republican Party to stand and keep going forward, if they reject Donald Trump after the American people has spoken, all they will do is destroy the Republican Party. No, no, and I would agree with that statement. And I think let's say he does become a brokered or contest convention, and that he he doesn't quite. I think the smart thing for the Republican Party to do, the RNC to do, say, look, as you pointed out, the people have spoken. Whether they've spoken for Donald Trump or whether they've spoken for Ted Cruz, and this is the only way this would happen would be if the RNC made him do it. To say, look, we're going to have. Trump says he got the most votes, and I think he will walk away with the most votes, regardless of whether he, he wins outright or, you know, or he does it into the convention. Or he would be the, you know, and this could happen in the beginning until they start really attacking him, where you would have uh, the ticket be, you know, a Trump cruise. That would be the only way to see it through the broad convention. Happen. That won't happen. I'm not, uh, Donald Trump is not going to pick. No. no. Let's say the RNC, because of the different <laughs> delegate bats, 
says, look, in order for us to bring the party together. hypothetical stuff for the news media or for your radio show or whatever you want to make news. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes you no better than Fox. It makes you no better than CNN or them kids across there. I'm not going to mm -hmm. talk hypothetical or sure. what could happen. Okay. All right. That's, That's fair like enough. Mr. Like Mr. Trump, he doesn't reveal all of his plans. When you go to war, do you tell them what you're going to do when you go to war? Well, heck, no, you no. don't. And that's all we've done for the last eight years in the administration that we're under. He tells them every move we're going to make. Well, Donald Trump ain't telling the people that he's running against what he's going to do. That's a smart. No, I, I understand. And it, but I'm just saying is that is a possibility. It's something that's being talked about. It is something to consider if we find ourselves, okay, as it's voters. It's not going to happen. Okay. It's not going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe the news media has beat this up so mm -hmm. they can get ratings. They can make a what if or if this happens a scenario. It's not going to happen. All right? When did it happen last? Well, that, that's true. I mean, the Republican Party did everything they could to stop. Well, here's the thing. The, no, here's the thing. Do you yeah. want to destroy the Republican Party? Well, I'm an independent, so... I, you know, well, really. do, they don't, do they don't want to re destroy the Republican Party? I wouldn't party? think they'd want to. Well, anybody with common sense would tell you that they don't want to. But what they want to do and what they're going to do, I think they better get in line and they better get, come up and make America great again. Mm -hmm. I think they better stand behind the front runner, which is Donald Trump. Do you think uh, that if they don't do that and they do split things, you think they go by the wayside like the Whigs? Yeah. Like I said, I think they just got themselves a ticket in the unemployment line because guess what? That's where you're going to be because America's speaking right now. You better jump on board and get on the Trump train while they got a chance. Okay. Is there anything in the facets of all the other people that uh, you know I've interviewed? Is, that, is there any particular issue or something you're not seeing being talked about, or anything that you specifically would want to emphasize? You know about either the, the campaign, about Trump, about anything in America. What's your thoughts? Now I think Mr. Trump's doing a fantastic job. I think he's saying exactly what the American people want to hear. Um, he's not just saying what the American people want to hear. He's saying what people don't want to come out and say in a crowd because of the PC police that are out there. People may put Mr. Trump down because he may talk a little rough or this and that, but I'm sorry, he's speaking the language that the American people understand, the common working people understand, and that's why Donald Trump is the head of the polls right now, that's why Donald Trump's gonna be the next president of the United States. Well, I appreciate it, thank you. Thank you, Appreciate sir. it. By the way, I want you to know, you're talking to me that doesn't even have an education. Well, right. well thanks for uh, coming out tonight. Oh, I better. Well, we're still on. Well, good things. I'd like to apologize uh, to Brian as well as to you folks. Uh, now, of course, I was one of the people that we did interview there. Uh, I, actually, I hit the wrong button and got the wrong clip. I do have that keyed up now uh, to uh, to be the next one that I play, and I want to apologize for that. Uh, folks, I got the wrong one in there, but I do have it. Uh, among others that we'll be playing tonight. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, get uh, the roundtable going here. And what we'll, how we'll do it is, and we will get uh, to that audio, is let's go ahead and, and we'll get some brief comments because I really want to get that in quick. Uh, so we'll go to, to you, uh, Susan, then you, Kelly, and then I'll play the uh, the next audio that I was going to play, and then we'll bring in Gene, and then we got another caller who'd like to get in. Uh, I believe that may be John. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with you, uh, Susan. What were your thoughts on well, what we heard from that gentleman there? I believe his name was um, – uh, yeah. no, that was another guy. See, I interviewed so many people that day. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan, and then Kelly. Then we're going to play that audio. Go ahead, Susan. 
I have no loyalty to the Republican Party. I have no loyalty to the Democrat Party. I have a loyalty to the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. That's where my loyalty is. I will not say, I'm a Republican and this is the way I go. No. Mm-mm. That is, you know, that's his, his deal. But I feel my founding father's three documents are the most important. And if they can't stand with him, then guess what? They're out. I'm not voting for them unless there's a darn good reason. And I don't think there would be. But, you know, each to his own. Hey, Kelly, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I find it interesting. I mean, he was wrong, uh, and he was wrong about Ohio as we see that panned out. I mean, just, you know, just to say, I mean, I understand he was actually, yeah, this gentleman was a, uh, he was actually a volunteer there uh, for the Trump campaign. Uh, you know, and he thought, I mean, I thought there was a good chance of, of Trump uh, getting Ohio, but, I mean, I kind of always thought the case would get it, of course, because he's got a, as uh, Gingrich on our clip earlier pointed out, I mean, he's got an 80% approval rating in, in his home state. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, that gentleman that you interviewed was was pretty passionate about Trump, and, and he's kind of feeling let down, even though he did say he's a Republican. He, you know, um, the question would be interesting to ask some of these people. I, I think you asked it, but he kind of went off on his own tangent. But the question would be is if uh, Trump got cheated out of the nomination by a brokered convention or rule changes or games played, would you vote for a third party? That's a real interesting um, thing. Obviously, he was, you know, thinking that the Republicans need to honor what the people say. And a, a friend told me today, CSNBC, that the Republicans have come out and said that, well, it's not the people that decide who the nominee is. It's the Republican Party. And Alex Jones was commenting on, day, on that today, and he's saying, why do these people... They have these plans. Why are they so hubris to come out and, and say things like this? Right. I mean, you, oh. you got to wonder if they're trying to destroy their own party or what in the world? What kind of common sense would that be? Um, but, yeah, well, let me, let, let me play those. that's real interesting. But, well, well, let me play this. Talk about the hubris. Let me, uh, let me play this to you. Uh, it's only about a minute and a half clip. Uh, but let me hear that this is from the executive director of the Ohio Republican Party, Matt Borges. Listen to what he says um, uh, real quick. Listen to this. There was this um, ruling from uh, Judge 17-year-olds here in the state who will be 18 by uh, Election Day in November, will be able to participate in the primary on Tuesday. The Secretary of State says that he's not going to appeal that. We know that that plays for the Democrats well for Bernie Sanders winning that block of voters. Who does it play for well uh, in the GOP field? Well, you know what my answer is going to be. Yeah, I know what your answer is going to be. But John Kay is a good person. Does Rubio play better with younger voters here? No. This is a situation where our Secretary of State was properly interpreting the law. A judge said that that, that the law should be interpreted differently, and and therefore that's what's going to stand for Tuesday. We don't need any more chaos or confusion um, with regard to uh, the, the, the way these judges make our uh, so suddenly make up the the rules and the law as we go along. So uh, those voters will be able to cast their ballot. I don't think it's going to be very many, yeah. but they'll be able to cast their ballots on Tuesday. And if they're smart, they'll vote for John Kasich. John Kasich says it's getting harder to support Trump, harder to stick to that pledge to support Trump if he's the nominee. Should he break from that pledge? 
He makes it hard, doesn't he? Um, uh, no, I, I think our governor has said that uh, when you're in the arena, which he is, that um, you, ha you take a different approach to uh, your, your, your fellow competitors. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, when we get to Cleveland, we have the convention coming back right here to the Buckeye State for the mm -hmm. first time in 80 years in July. We'll know who our, our winner eventually is, and uh, that person will be the person that, that we strongly support for President of the United States. All right, Matt Borges, good to have you with us this morning. Thanks for having me. And the hubris there is, he said, if they're smart, they'll vote for uh, John Kasich. What about that? Okay. Um, you know, just to talk about hubris. But let's go ahead, as I promised. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that audio uh, from the to a supporter from the Trump rally, uh, first-time voter, 40-year-old uh, uh, gentleman. Uh, and let's go ahead and hear from him and the audio with uh, his interview. And then what we'll do after that clip is we'll bring, uh, I believe, Gene in. I think we have uh, John on the line as well. While the audio is playing, I'll make sure by doing some uh, behind-the-scenes work, doing some call screening. But well, let's go ahead and hear from, I believe, is uh, Brian. Okay. Other at uh, Freedom Works. Uh, as I said, rally yesterday. Uh, they did a straw poll where 88% of the people there picked Cruz. Okay. Now, a lot of folks were there because Glenn Beck was there. Glenn Beck is a uh, you know he's already you know as you know he's endorsed uh, Cruz. Um, but you know it's interesting. I'm there, I'm there. You know, yesterday I'm here today. Trump rally. Want to get uh, people's perspective because we know when I play. I mean, Super Tuesday already be over, but we will be moving forward the uh, election. So tell me. Uh, why Donald Trump? Why, why is Donald Trump your pick? Why Donald Trump? Because he's not a, a career politician. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is the first time I've ever actually got out to vote or mm -hmm. come to a rally. Wow. And, and just tired of politics as usual. Mm -hmm. And we need, we need someone that is not politics as usual get in the White House representing us. And send a message to the, to, to the politicians up there that we're tired of politics as usual and the, the, the destruction of our country. See, I'm, a, I'm an iron worker, welder, trade. Okay. And, you know, the, the, the steel industry is crumbling. All, all of our industries is crumbling. And it's because of the politicians selling out America. Okay, yeah, because people say, you know what, last 40 years, what, what, have, they, what have they done? The bad trade deals. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the worst trade deal, I, in my opinion, was NAFTA. NAFTA was, was the worst trade deal that was ever made. You know, after NAFTA, all, all the businesses left this country, and here we are. What, what we got left? Not much. Now, now you're here for Trump. And it, it, it's, I think it's likely, if, if he's not going to win it outright, I, I think it's likely, unless there's chicanery, there's things doing with the RNC, they, they could do it. be stupid for them to do it, but they could. Okay, keep him from getting the nomination, which I, I think, that if they do that, Hillary Clinton, in my opinion, is going to be the next president. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anybody here wants to see that. No. I mean, I, I'm moving to Ireland if she becomes president. No. But, um, but let's say right. something happens, I don't know how, maybe, because there's, I mean, you know, everyone here knows. That there's a huge movement against Trump. Everybody, everybody. Okay, you really don't want to mean. Almost everybody seems to be against this guy, you know, other than the supporters. So let's say they win. Let's. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but let's say they win, and let's say somebody contested convention. Let's say Cruz gets the nomination. You're here for Trump. You're a Trump supporter. Would you Would you vote for uh, for Cruz? No. No. Why not? 
uh, just for the fact that uh, we're not going to we're not going to let the establishment push their candidate on us. Okay. We will walk away from it and just walk away. Would you vote for a third party? Uh, depending on. Okay. Well, one uh, one of the part when we, we we've interviewed people from you know on the show, you, you get, go to the website, you'll see a list of the different people we, we've uh, we've interviewed. We've interviewed from the Libertarian Party, from the Green Party, from the Constitution Party. Of course, you know I haven't interviewed many Democrats. A couple, um, James Trafficant, he used to be uh, a Democrat congressman. We've we've interviewed him, um, and so so you would just you just step out of the system, yeah. period. Well, and do, do you think a lot of people who were who were coming to vote just for Trump came to the first time, as you said, voting because of Trump? You think they would do that? I believe that, that the, the people that Trump has drawn into the Republican Party will step out of the Republican Party just as fast. Okay. Very good point. And I think that's a point that I think, you know, the Republican Party, I think that's a point the Republican Party should... Uh, it sounds like trade is your is your biggest issue that that they cover. Is there any other issues? Let's say, for instance, you know about immigration. Thing is, that it's a bit a hot topic. What, what what's your thoughts on that? I mean, something needs to be done about it. Um, I don't I don't per se believe that there's going to be a wall bill or even that there needs to be. The immigration does need to be done. Well, well, one of the big things in Trump's campaign is I'm going to build a wall. You think that's not true? I ain't gonna say it's not true. I'd say he would like to, but whether or not that will actually come to be, you know. Right, because he is gonna have to fight. And see, and when he says, well, it's negotiable, negotiable, we'll be saying, well, now see, he's backtracking, he's backtracking. He's starting to understand the political system. I'm sorry, go ahead. Everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. So you don't see that as a bad point, him saying everything's negotiable? No, no. I mean, he's a president, he's not a dictator. Okay, whether or not he wants you, you want to build a wall, you're still gonna have to have the support. Of Congress and, and the Senate, you can't just say I'm gonna build a wall. It just, mm-hmm. it just don't work out. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's politics. Okay. Trump can't just say I'm gonna build a wall. There's a wall building. It just so, depends what the other people are doing. Right. You gotta get Congress to, to stand with you and the rest of everybody. But there doesn't need to be something done on immigration. It's a it's a huge problem. So you're not, um, you know, never voted before. You're not even. Are you, are you a registered Republican? Yes. Did you recently register? I guess for for pump so you can vote in the primary. Yes. Okay. Actually, my my cousin's here or my nephew. He uh, this could be his first election. He's he's gonna he still has to register. You gotta register. But uh, <laughs> so he can so they can vote. Um, and so. Now that you're in, the, in this, you know, politics, you're, you're following things of that nature. Let's say, you know, Trump wins, what have you. Do you see yourself voting in other elections now? Because now you're, in, you know, you, you've done it. You've, you've been there. You've got this experience. Oh, yeah. Is it something you'd want to do again? Yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I ask you how old you are? Uh, forty. You're forty. Yeah. So you're forty and just now starting to get into politics. Yeah. See, so, I think that's because before. Go ahead. There's no, there's no sense. I mean, there's never been a candidate that represented that, that was a, a not career politician. Career politicians will say anything and do anything on both sides of the party. Yeah, and that's one thing I think that attracts a lot of people to, to, to Donald Trump is that. Um, so is there anything particular, as I said, I'll be playing this on uh, Wednesday evening uh, tonight. Is there any particular issue, any topic, you know, regarding, you know, what you've seen during this election that you, you haven't heard people talk about or something you want to emphasize, you know, about what you've seen with this election? Uh, not particularly. Just okay. that, uh, I think that... The biggest thing with, with the Donald Trump is the more the establishment keeps on trying to 
to tell people not to vote for Donald Trump, the more we're going to. People are tired of being told who who they can pick and who they can not pick, who's electable and who's not. Mm -hmm. We're make it for our Well, great. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. So let's go ahead and uh, bring Gene on the line. Uh, Gene, thank you very much uh, uh, for coming to the show. If you want to just uh, kind of tell us what your thoughts are on everything we covered tonight, including uh, the interviews we've had with the two gentlemen, and then we'll uh, move over. I, I know one part of the uh, of the first guy I played, uh, he, he got a little upset with me. If you, if you could tell, he kind of stuck it to me for a little bit. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, that's kind of the nature of things, and, and you know, and I understand that. Uh, but anyway, so let, let me get your thoughts. We've got uh, John in line and others out there who uh, like to chime in. Uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, but we are at the top of the hour, Gene. So first, we've got to do a programming note about uh, definitely, folks, check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com where you can do a number of things. Uh, you can see the homepage where you can follow me on Twitter uh, by pushing the Twitter button out. And we would uh, appreciate doing that. Uh, or you could also, or you could follow me on Twitter. You could also tweet out the show uh, there on the home page, where all you gotta do is click the Twitter the Twitter button, and uh, you have, you might have to log into your account so that you can make the tweet. But that would actually tweet out the link of the show, uh, so that could go out to the followers, uh, your followers on Twitter. But you can also go to the contact page and contact uh, host portal. And you can contact me there uh, and send me an email. And also, if you scroll down, you can see where the email uh, is that I uh, put in the body of an email that I send out to those on our email list uh, to tell them about our uh, podcast. So if you want to copy and paste and put that in your email and send it out to uh, your folks on your email list, it would be appreciated. And, of course, if you'd like to, to join uh, the email list, uh, just send me a message, and I'll make sure I get you on there. And also we have on there the uh, new the Bard's Logic Newsroom, where you can subscribe to that to get our news page, uh, which have uh, articles on there. So uh, you can subscribe to that. And also we have Newsmax TV on the Newsmax TV page, as well as uh, a list of our uh, special guests. So take some time uh, you know, after the show or uh, open up a separate browser while listening to the show and check out uh, the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogic.com politicaltalk.com, and I appreciate uh, sharing out the link because it being a grassroots show, that is how we get the word out is by doing it Twitter, social media, and email, and, of course, word of mouth, uh, where they can uh, listen to the podcast and call in and join our roundtable discussion. So let's go ahead and bring it to you, Gene. Uh, thank you very much for calling the show. How are you tonight? Uh, doing okay. I think I'm kind of like Ben Carson. You guys owe me some minutes right when they kind of start sidestepped him on the debates, but I've been listening, kind of going more to the front end of your show, I've been listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh's <laughs> show, and he's had some interesting things to say that uh, party officials that do the role said that uh, the delegates are not even bound by the, the first poll, so they've already had it set up to debate someone, and also in the tenor of that show that the Republicans, I guess, are prepared to lose for the next 25 years because uh, Trump is a, a threat to the establishment. If he gets in there, the, uh, the, that won't be business as usual because there will be accountability, and, and they're afraid of their loss of power. So I looked for him to do it and to stop him, and I was reading a 
book here on Facebook. I'm not sure where it came from, but, but I know Kelly mentioned that earlier about uh, the Republican political parties, not the voters, choose their own uh, presidential nominees. And I, I think I pretty well heard that on Russia's soul, too. The, the whole thing is set up, and he knows uh, people. I think they're having a secret meeting tomorrow, but they do uh, report to him about what's going on and all those different things. So they have it set up to... They go down the river, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do if they do that. But I'd have to try to look at third party. I, it doesn't seem to be a Ross Perot or someone out there has a, a lot of the votes, so I don't know what's going to happen. And I think a lot of the Trump people just won't vote if they do that. If they've been playing games with the people for quite a while, and if they do that, uh, the cat will be out of the bag that uh, the people really don't have any tend to say and uh Bill but too bad Bernie Sanders wasn't doing better because of the Republicans did that and, and Bernie Sanders was the nominee that would play with the idea of voting for him as a protest. Well is that what uh Gene uh, one of the last debates that Ben Carson was in, uh he got six minutes throughout the entire two or three hour debate. Now this is a three hour show. We do have about two hours left, a little less and I can almost guarantee you, uh, and probably almost promise you, that you will get more than six minutes worth of airtime tonight on the show. So indeed, you'll actually, you, <laughs> so you'll get more time on the show than Ben Carson did uh, during that last debate that he was on. You know that I can promise you, because when we bring it, bring that back. And so yeah, now he one of the things treated, I, he wasn't, he wasn't treated fair. He was too much of a gentleman. If he'd been picking other opponents for he would have had time coming from him, but he did, he was very polite and did things the way people should be, and he suffered for that. Yeah, certainly. I think the media didn't give Ben Carson nearly as much coverage uh, as he deserved. And, and, you know, you mentioned the the rules change. I believe there's a a meeting, a rules meeting in April. So next month uh, they're coming up to, to work on the rules. Now, if people remember uh, and I wish Cindy was here because she was right there with us. And I know you were, Kelly, so, maybe, you know, you could talk some more about that as well when we bring things around. Uh, but after here, we're going to bring in John. After my comments, we're going to bring in John, and then we'll play some more, you know, then we'll backtrack and play some of those uh, clips from the, the Freedom Works rally. Just wanted to make sure we, we got that in for uh, for Brian. And so, well, we um, – so they, they changed the rules in 2012 to help Romney get elected. I mean, actually, a lot of the rules and, and, and changes that they made uh, in 2012 to try to help the establishment candidate this year is actually coming back to the vitamin in the backside uh, for Trump. <laughs> so, well, of course, and, and we've covered the rules changes. We even have Morton Blackwell on here, and uh, perhaps uh, we'll get him back on, you know, in the next subsequent weeks uh, to talk about you know, the new rules changes. He's been to a lot of those. I think he's been to almost every one of them since 1974 or something of that nature, uh, all those meetings. So maybe we'll get him on and get his input on the one coming up. I think that'll be important. So I'll, I'll need to uh, reach out and, and contact him uh, to do that. And then Kelly, you know, would be able to get uh, more on as well. And so let's go ahead at this time. And I do see another, uh, some other callers in. And one you'd like to chime in, and uh, we'll bring uh, them in as well. And so what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and bring in John, and then we'll bring in our next caller. I'll do some call screening, get uh, get their name, 
and then uh, we'll play some more of the audios. So let's go ahead and uh, now, Gene. I want to make sure you got plenty of time. Is there anything else you want to add in before I bring in John? Oh, there's probably uh, not too much right now. But it was one thing I wanted to stand on that uh, party special that Rush referred to. He said he pretended that. I mean, this is my opinion, but anyway, he's probably looked at the rules and uh, he understood something that he didn't realize that uh, the delegates weren't. Bound even on the first boat, so I don't know what kind of game that no. the Republicans are playing with no. them. No, they're really not. And actually, because we were, you know, back in 2012, uh, we were fighting, you know, we were fighting for a broker convention. Kelly could tell you about that as well. Uh, on his side, there he was working uh, for Ron Paul, a broker convention for Ron Paul, and on my side, I was working for a broker convention for Newt Gingrich. Uh, we had folks down yeah. there in, in Atlanta, you know, we were talking not Atlanta, and uh, Tampa uh, when they had the last convention. And we were, you know, trying to work some things behind the scene. Uh, Cindy Todd actually at that time uh, delivered a letter uh, to Newt Gingrich that was written by us, uh, so that we could, uh, you know, inform him of what our our efforts were in getting a broker convention. Uh, so she actually hand wrote. Uh, Hand, handed him a letter, and I wish she's on tonight. I hope she's uh, okay. We haven't heard from Cindy for a while. Uh, I got a text out to her, but you know I haven't got a reply. And so we'll uh, hopefully we'll hear from her soon. But anyway, you know, so you know, we you know, we, we were, the ironic thing is is they did the the, the Republicans did everything the uh, the establishment and the RNC did everything they could to stop a broker convention in 2012. Uh, so that nominee, Romney could get coordinated, I mean, nominated. And now it seems like they might be doing everything they can to actually have a broker convention this time. So it appears that the Republican Party establishment in the RNC's hypocrisy knows no bounds. Uh, so we'll we'll find out more uh, about that. So it's it's just ridiculous. But let's go ahead. But, yeah, that's uh, – but to your point, that's something, that's something we discovered in 2012 about the, the delegates in the first round. I have a question. What happened to Newt Gingrich? He seemed like he was started out pretty well. Did he lose momentum, or did they find some way to kind of steal things away from him? Because I've heard that referred to on your show. Sure. Uh, a number of things. And, man, I really wish I had that. It was a Vincent Rita from New York, and I must have act, you know, must have deleted that audio. By gosh, if I did, I'm kicking myself in the butt. But it was Vincent Rita uh, from New York who, on the day of the New York primary, Basically said, you know, Romney was the only, um, you know, was the only person left to vote for, uh, which was not true. Uh, Newt Gingrich was still running. Also, you mentioned Rush Limbaugh, and we 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 already had the the Florida primary, uh, but on the day of the Florida of the Florida primary, Rush Limbaugh at the very end of his show, when no one could call in and contest. Uh, what he had to say, okay, uh, lied about Rick Santorum, um, and I'm going to pull up that audio clip uh, so we can hear what that was. And this was the day, as, as I said, of the Florida uh, primary. So listen to this. Once I can get this clip going. By the way, folks, just I have I have to remind you again again. That Gingrich debated John Kerry on global warming at one point, and they agreed on practically every point. Well, okay. Nobody is innocent. 
everybody is guilty of some transgression at somewhere against conservatism, except Santorum. See you tomorrow. And it was well known back then, you know, that Rick, you know, we've all remember heard uh, the conservative candidate, you know, versus uh, Romney. You know, who was the next conservative candidate uh, for Romney? And what Santorum was used for, what Santorum was used for uh, to split the, the split the conservative vote. Okay. Okay. And so that's what I mean. Santorum, I mean, that was him in there. And by getting support with Santorum in Florida, which was huge, you know, actually, you know, was to help Romney out. Because one thing about uh, Rush Limbaugh, at least in 2012, perhaps he's, you know, better. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, he says he's a conservative first, Republican second. But, you know, he was he was kowtowing to the uh, establishment, you know, Republican establishment uh, then, too, by, by setting things up. And then the media, such as Fox News, that's why, you know, I'm not a fan of Fox News anymore. And, and let it be known, I was a Republican up until 2012. From, I mean, from the time I was, you know, drinking a bottle of milk uh, to the time I was, you know, 2012, uh-huh. I, was a re, um, I was a Republican. I mean, even when I was a kid, they used to call me, you know, that uh, Family Ties show, that um, Alex Keaton. They used to call me the, you know, the Alex Keaton of my family. Uh, but that all changed in two, yeah, seriously, that all changed in 2012 with, with, with what they did. So what, you know, and then Vincent Reed, as I said, New York, and then, you know, and then what they did with the delegates, you know, with busing and, and things of that nature, it was just, it was just a mess, uh, with what happened there. So that's what, and then the media, such as Fox news, you know, they just stopped, they just stopped, you know, they just stopped covering Gingrich. They just stopped. They did the same thing to Gingrich that they did to Ben Carson. They just wouldn't cover him. Um, he, I mean, oh, okay. he won all the debates. Yeah, I mean, Gingrich won all the debates. He just wasn't getting the media coverage. And, that, you know, so, I mean, they did. There was a concerted effort to get rid of Gingrich uh, because they wanted to, to get Romney. They thought it was that was their chance to get their, you know, moderate candidate to beat. You know, we could go – I could go a long time, and I'm going to be able to get uh, uh, John and our other caller in, and I'm getting some oh, okay. texts as well. So I need to answer those, but that's okay. Uh, do you have any anything else before I bring uh, John in? Oh, I better let John have some time, or he have to sell for something. <laughs> okay, well, we, well, we, all right. Well, we got we got plenty of time here, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bring in John. John, thank you very much for, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, thank you, Robert. Yeah, I'm just sad in the sense that when I hear all this stuff going on and there's so much deception from all sides, every avenue, it seems like there's so much deception and manipulation going on. I'm like, just sad for our country because we have to have honest brokers. Our whole foundation of our society is based on truth and being able to have trustworthy conversations that you can base your decision making on some form you know, a level of intelligent information, and you can't if you're so much deceit and, you know, deception and distrust makes me sad. When you think of we have these, the Democrats and the Republicans, this two-party system, and our Constitution doesn't say anything about that, but it does say that we should be able to vote in any primary. That means all primaries have to be open. Otherwise, you can't vote in a closed primary, so even the Republican Party having these closed primaries is unconstitutional. And then they don't want to vet the represent whoever the candidates are that are being 
separation was justified for the um, you know natural-born status and naturalization, they don't qualify. They're ineligible. But if you're a third-party group, and I even mentioned this briefly in the last show, I believe, if you're a third-party group, whether it be constitutional party, uh, Reformation Party, Libertarian Party, any other party other than the Democrat and Republican, you have to jump all these extra hoops and prove the uh, eligibility of your uh, candidates and stuff. It's just messed up. And I don't positions of authority and leadership, if they don't understand that their personal um, manipulation of the system is actually inciting riots, they are the instigators. So all of the different government administrations for years in the past, you can go all the way back as far as you want to go if you want. But in my lifetime, you know, basically from JFK forward, as far as I can remember, there's always been this manipulation and deceit, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and now more people get disenfranchised, and now we're getting fed up with it. Now they want to blame Trump for us getting upset about the system and we finally find, you know, I'm not saying me because you guys know from previous shows, I don't think there's a single person that's on the main platform of the Democrat or the Republican party that's worthy of my vote. A matter of fact, the last rally that Donald Trump had, you know, he gave that little poem about the snake. I think he's actually talking about himself. And he's just doing it tongue-in-cheek to smile and walk off in his mind saying, hey, I just told them what a snake I was, and they don't even realize it. But anyway, that's just my personal opinion. But I see that there's so much of this manipulation going on, and none of the candidates are constitutional, in my opinion. I couldn't vote for any of them. But the third parties or any other party is hamstrung because of these people in positions of authority and leadership want to manipulate the system to their um, fascist way of controlling stuff. And so they're the ones that's inciting all of this uprising and revolt. And even though I'm a, I'm, I don't care for Trump, let me say this. As long as the Republican and Democrat parties keep manipulating this thing, whenever the Donald Trump uh, supporters get so fed up that they get ready to crash and burn the system – I'm with them because I am just so sick and tired of the nefarious mischief and all the tricks and traps and con artistry, snake oil salesman routines, sleight of hand, you know, shell game tactics and stuff. I'm so sick and tired of it that it just makes me mad. And if those people are willing to stand up and confront it and start getting serious about straightening it out, then I'm going to jump in there with them, even though I don't think, Donald Trump's worth, even though, you know, anyway, I just feel it sad when I hear these two gentlemen that you played those clips on earlier, and it's like we the people need to read our Constitution at least once a month and be informed of the fact that there's so many different details that we ourselves are leaving out. And we are contributing to the dismay of our own country because of our lack of information and not knowing that these two-party systems and closed primaries are not even constitutional and more and more things that I probably don't know. But we're just feeding a meritocracy of survival of the fittest. 
You know, the strong survive and take or be taken, eat or be eaten. That's the mentality it seems to be being fed. Nobody really wants mutuality of agreement where we all have to, you know, sign on the dotted line and be, um, like, in agreement. So that's, I yield the floor. That's mine for now. Okay, of course, and as you know, uh, John will bring it back in, or if uh, you'd like to uh, chime in some more, uh, just let us know. We will be bringing things back. So how we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and bring in uh, Brian, and then we will uh, play some other audio clips from the the Freeworks rally that I have, and then we'll make uh, some comments uh, on those and see what people think. And so... And then, of course, we'll bring some more uh, into the Trump rallies, definitely what I want to. we got plenty of time, uh, about uh, an hour, almost hour and a uh, half, hour and a half uh, left. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, Brian. Brian, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? It's great to have you on. Good, buddy. Good. Uh, a little upset at uh, the way things turned out here in Ohio. and um, but, Yeah, uh, you'll meet, yeah. But, uh, you know, last night was a decent night for Trump, but Ohio was a big disappointment. Uh, and uh, as your last speaker just commented on about the uh, uh, system manipulation, and I believe that uh, we've seen that last night in Ohio, uh, people manipulating the system, uh, powers to be uh, in that with uh, – well, you know, you had Cruz, you had Rubio there uh, uh, telling his uh, all his supporters to vote for Kasich. And uh, as soon as, uh, you know, I'm sure the Cruz campaign was listening to that too, and and they jumped on the bandwagon there also and said, hmm, you know, uh, we uh, this is a good way to stop uh, the movement here. So you had Cruz and, and uh, Rubio's uh, voters. Uh, jumping in there and uh, voting for Kasich, and uh, then uh, you know the news there last night was reporting that uh, a lot of Democrats were uh, 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 requesting Republican ballots here in Ohio and uh, casting their vote for Kasich. Also, so um, you know, as far as the uh, open and closed uh, uh, primaries, uh, the Ohio being an open open primary state, uh, I think that some of the Democrats uh, figured out uh, a good way to uh, stop the, uh, Trump was by uh, just uh, re- requesting Republican ballots and uh, casting their vote for Kasich. So, uh, but and then and that's a lot of the uh, uh, reason that uh, a lot of people here in, in, why I, I'm 40 years old and the first time I was ready to vote. Is because of uh, stuff like that, you know. Just uh, people, a lot of people just feel like that uh, the system uh, is uh, so corrupt that uh, it doesn't matter what you want; it's what they want, and they're going to get. But uh, we're going to we're going to hang in there and keep on hoping that Trump's going to uh, uh, pull this out, and uh, hopefully that uh, people are going to stand up this time and. Uh, Say enough's enough and uh, put him uh, put their man forward. Uh, hey, what do you Robert, think? Robert, can I ask Brian a question? Of course, go ahead. Yeah, Brian, I was just curious in hearing what you were saying there. If by chance that we got rid of all of the parties, and if you listen to last week's show, Kelly and Robert brought up a 
idea about preferential voting, if there was no parties and we had a primary that was just all Americans could go vote and we had a preferential voting, do you think that that would work out more fair in the long run to make sure that the actual candidate that gets picked is somebody that all of us could get behind? What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, this uh, two-party system is, uh, really puts a, a divide between Americans anymore. It's to the point where, um, you know, Democrats are hating Republicans and the Republicans are hating the Democrats. And, um, you know, people forget that uh, in the end we're all still American. And uh, that there, there's, if if you just put no party, no no. No label on you, on you. Got rid of the labels and vote for the man. I think I mentioned that uh, when I was talking to you the other day, that I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I was supporting Trump because Trump is not a politician. He's not a career politician. I was going to vote for Trump because he's, I vote for the man, not the party. Yeah. Part of the reason why I wanted to ask you the question is because I agree with you in the sense that the two-party system is breaking us up. It's basically a divide-and-conquer strategy as opposed to unite and pick the guy that we all can get behind. And Robert and Kelly had brought up this idea of looking into the preferential voting ballot system, and um, I really think that's a good way of looking at it because – you might be voting for the guy, and I respect the fact you like Trump. Well, I've been kind of watching Trump since the 70s myself, and I even have his book, Art of the Deal and whatnot, and I just don't like him. I cannot buy into his values. I think he's a snake oil salesman, and I think he plays manipulative word games with people, knowing what he knows and he's very artful in doing it. That's why he's been a very good negotiator in business. But that's just my own personal opinion. However, we know that the current system is a divide-and-conquer system, and we need to find another system that actually brings us all together to unite and be able to get behind a candidate where we all can support as opposed to this divide-and-conquer thing. That's why I wanted to know. Oh, I'm not saying that Trump's the same uh, by far. I think that uh, you know Trump's uh, it, he's he's a bit, he's been a crude businessman, I'm sure, and uh, a ruthless businessman in, in, in his going ons. But what I the only reason I'm supporting Trump is because he is a businessman, and right now in these times we do need someone in our office that's going to make the best deal, the best deal for all of us. And if you want the best deal to be made, you're going to have to have a very ruthless cutthroat person that's able to get in there and get dirty. And if you want to jump in with a, in a den of snakes, then you're going to have to be the biggest snake so you can eat the other snakes, so to speak. You are, are you understanding and following what I'm, what I'm saying here? I mean... Yeah, I just think there's so many other people out there that are actually candidates that we're not getting to see yet. And Robert hosted a show a few 
weeks ago with the constitutional candidates, you might want to look into the archives and listen to some of those guys too and, you know, help us figure out how to get a, a better process in, in play because we really need to unite as the United States of America and treat each other as equals. Otherwise, we're just going to separate. I totally and agree. Live. I totally agree. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm not, I don't even have the, the views of the Republican Party are, are not are not even what I, are not me. You know, I'm not the type of person that, that believes in uh, uh, being uh, uh Telling other people what they can do in their bedroom and, and blah 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 and this and that and what you do in your own homes with your business. I mean, as far as like gay rights and stuff like that, whatever you know. Who am I to tell you to tell who you know? But the Republican Party is is based on this uh, Christian values thing, and we don't need that. Don't really need to be in politics. Just has no place there. Gentlemen, I do see uh, that it is the bottom of the hour, uh, and we only have about uh, half an hour left for the live portion of the show. However, as they say, the show will go on into what we call our extended period, or sometimes what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. And so we'll be getting that. Now, while that is not a live show, uh, part of the show. It is the part. It is also part of the podcast. Uh, so if uh, you missed that portion, folks, who are out there listening, uh, then you'll be able to uh, listen to uh, the show in its entirety uh, by listening to the uh, full podcast. But if you would like to listen in and maybe even be a part of the extended period, uh, which will start in about a half an hour, give us a call at three four seven nine four five. 7428 and push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get into the show and join our roundtable discussion. Uh, but it is the bottom of the hour, so let's go ahead and hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. Okay, folks, and of course, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by calling to www. PatriotJournalist.com. Uh, good. Uh, looks like we got another caller in the line, uh, but also looks like we missed Brian. Uh, we lost Brian's call. So Brian, if you're still out there, and I, I do still see in the chat, if you would still like to be a part of our roundtable discussion, uh, give, give us a call back at the three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Just because uh, I cut you guys off at the bottom of the hour, just because I had to do some programming notes, uh, but we would like to still have you. Uh, in and be a part of our roundtable discussion, Brian, if you'd like uh, to still be a part of that, uh, we'll welcome you to it. So just give us a call back. But, of course, uh, you'd have to give us a call back within the next 28 minutes, or that's another thing. If you don't call in by then, unfortunately, you will not be able to uh, call in after uh, the top of the hour. So, uh, uh, Brian, uh, 
glad to hear you on the show. If you'd like to come back and, and be a part of our roundtable discussion some more, uh, just give us a call. And so what I'm going to do uh, now is I'm going to play the next audio that I was going to. I'm kind of going to backtrack uh, to where we were. I do see another caller in, uh, you know, some callers in. And if you like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and I'll get you in. And because I did uh, interview some folks from the other rally, uh, the FreedomWorks rally, I, I do want to have it here in discussion that we're going to play that. So let's go here from one of our audio clips uh, from the FreedomWorks uh, rally uh, that was also this weekend. So what's your name and where are you from? Uh, John from Westchester. John, that's where Trump's going to be tomorrow, Westchester, is my understanding. Uh, so I see you got the Ted Cruz, the Choose Cruz stickers on. Yep. Uh, how long has it been since you've supported uh, Ted Cruz? How long, you know, with the whole campaign, was well, it recently? Yeah. Since the end of the race, he's been my number one choice. Uh, wh- why? How come? He is a true conservative. He's the only one that is that's running. He's the only member of Congress, one of a handful, that has kept his promises that he made during his uh, uh, election to the Senate. Okay. And was there anything particular that he stands for, issue-wise, that, you know, you agree with the most? Uh, he stands for protecting our constitutional rights above all else. Okay. And let's, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, okay, well, what if Trump does get the nomination? Let's say that he does. Yeah. There's a lot of people so I, I can't vote for Trump. Are you one of those folks who said that you can definitely not vote for Trump? I'm about 90% definitely not, but but when faced with Hillary Clinton as the uh, alternative, I don't know. I, I'd have to decide that day. I, I have a lot of problems with Trump, and he may be more dangerous than Hillary, but we just don't know. Okay. Okay. And then one of the things that's also coming out is the possibility of a broker convention. Now, there was talk about in 2012, the Republican Party did everything that they could to stop a broker convention in 2012. It looks like that now they might be doing anything they can to have a broker convention. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, broker conventions, for one? I think it would be a mistake, and I think it would probably uh, destroy the party. It would tear the party apart. It would undermine the will of the people. And that is uh, fundamentally wrong, and I, I think it would be a, a very big mistake. And, and what if, for instance, and this is something I'm kind of throwing out there, is that let's say if it does get to a broker convention, which if you look historically, broker conventions actually have been victorious for Republican candidates, if you look back. I think that perhaps maybe one of the few ways to actually bring the party together is through a broker convention because what if you say the people have spoken if the RNC does this and you let me know whether you think they would do something like this with the RNC say okay we're going to listen to the will of the people we'll have Trump be he got the most votes let's say that happens and he got the nomination he'll be the the presidential candidate but we'll have Cruz he's the next up be the VP what's your thoughts on that do you think that would be something that could bring the party together Um, it probably would do a lot to bring the party together and it would help me feel more comfortable voting exactly and actually that's one of the reasons why I I said that if it doesn't come to one candidate and actually I think it might be better for this time around for broker convention because of that very instance. I mean, if you don't, you're going to have a lot of folks like yourself who's going to say, I may not, I don't, I don't know if I can vote for Trump. Right. I don't know if I can. Right. And so they may not vote at all, and that happened in 2012. Right, and look what uh, <laughs> Right. But uh, is there anything you'd like to add or anything of that nature? Well, I'm just uh, very concerned about the future of our country and, our, and losing our liberties. And uh, if, if it goes the wrong way, 
uh, we could be sitting here eight years from now in a socialist nation with uh, no freedom of speech and no Second Amendment rights. Okay. Well, I appreciate it very much. No Thank problem. you very much. Good luck to you, folks. Thank you. Okay, well, what we're going to do is uh, we're getting ready to bring things back around for everybody, uh, but we do have uh, David on the line uh, from Nashville. Uh, we're going to bring him in uh, the show, and then after that, him, uh, we will be uh, bringing in Susan and then Kelly and then Gene and then John. We'll bring things back around for our roundtable discussion uh, to go over what we just heard from uh, that gentleman from the Freedom Works rally. And so let's go ahead and welcome David. Uh, thank you very much, David, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And real quick, David, uh, folks, if you're out there and you'd like to be a part of the uh, roundtable discussion or listen to the show, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, go ahead, David. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Robert. I would just like to uh, uh, appeal to my Cruz uh, conservative brethren. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Cruz fan, but I'm supporting Donald Trump. And I want to mention a couple of things. Two of the greatest conservatives. Number one, Ronald Reagan always said the 11th commandment is thou shalt not speak ill of our other Republican uh, Party brethren. So uh, I always want to say positive things about Senator Cruz. But I do support Donald Trump because William F. Buckley always said we need to vote for the most conservative candidate we can find for president who is electable. And I want to make a case for Donald Trump, in fact, being electable in a situation where I fear that Senator Cruz would not be. And the reason why is if you go back to the 2000 election that was very close between George Bush and Al Gore, uh, it basically was a 50-50 toss-up, very, very close. So what I would challenge my Cruz partners here on is tell me what states you think that Ted Cruz would carry that George Bush did not carry in 2000, because you have to realize, I believe, that Trump will carry every state that George Bush carried in 2000, but in addition to that, there are some swing states, very important, that need to be in play such as uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and and states like that that could go one way or the other. And we have to pick up states that George Bush did not. I do not see any states that I think Ted Cruz could win against the Democrats that Donald Trump wouldn't already win, and in fact, what I'm excited about Donald Trump is that I know he's probably going to win the state of New York, and with Chris Christie, mm-hmm. probably will win New Jersey and probably Pennsylvania. So I'd like to put that out to the floor and welcome my Cruz uh, brethren, and I wish you guys would just join the Trump campaign, and the enemy is the Democrats. That's who we need to be, and there'll be plenty of room for everybody in the tent. And thank you, Robert, very much for all you do for us. You're welcome, David. And of course, as always, uh, you know, folks, when you call in, you're welcome to stay on and, and be on for the rest of the show and join our roundtable discussion where we are, whereas we, you know, get back uh, to each one of our topics to everyone we have on the line. Uh, so, you know, you're welcome to stay, of course. Now, let me ask you this question. Now, one thing that, uh, you know, I was asking folks while I was at the rally, and I'll play our next audio clip here uh, shortly, but uh, what I'll do is after 
I ask this and you give me your answer, I'm going to bring things back uh, to the others on the line. And so I see if there's any comments they'd like to do before moving forward to the next uh, audio clip. And and so one of the things I was asking folks about is, you know, do they think, you know, this time, and and I thought this would have been the case in 2012, I think uh, a broker convention would have actually uh, resulted in a Republican victory in 2012. And I I think it would be uh, if Trump does not take it outright this time. uh, But I think it may even this time be better for the Republican Party for a convention, a broker convention, if the Republican Party does it right. And what I mean by that is that you take, you know, into account what the people are saying. And right now, because Cruz is saying, well, I'll, I'll never run uh, on a ticket with, with, uh, with Trump. But if uh, the RNC says, look, we have to heal this party, so you're going to, you know, we need you to do this to heal the party. And then they're basically handing Trump, not Trump, they're literally handing Cruz an excuse for running with it. So you got the people who are, you know, have voted for Trump. They're happy because he's at the top of the ticket. You got the people at the bottom of the ticket, you know, for the vice president got in Cruz and he's young. So, you know, he could still, you know, move forward if they wanted one day see him be president. Okay. But they, they would be happy as well. So I think that can help heal uh, the fractured party. What do you think, David? Well, I, uh... I I really believe that Donald Trump is going to select a vice president who is someone who is very loyal to him himself, and I think that uh, if he um, if if he nominated Ted Cruz as vice president, there would still be continued contention to where there'd be a faction where they would still try to outmaneuver uh, Donald Trump, which which I wouldn't want to see, and I don't think we're going to see. And uh, but that's a very interesting point about a brokered convention. However, I really believe the New York Times of all places—not that I'm a big fan of the New York Times—but they put they published a very compelling article today showing that Donald Trump really has uh, a easy ride toward winning all the delegates he needs. He's going to win California. He's going to win. He's going to win New York. He's going to win New Jersey. Uh, the uh, Republican primaries. California itself has 200 delegates. So as you can see, uh, the truth really is, and I think they know it, is that Trump has numbers on his side, and I do not uh, anticipate a brokered convention at all. I think there's already some backroom negotiating where everybody wants to be uh, in the right place at the right time. Uh, You brought up an interesting point about in 2012, I guess anything would have been an improvement upon what happened. I would just say that in 2012, it seemed like Romney went into prevent defense, and like we all know, prevent defense never works, but they keep on trying it. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I got the article, and I did post uh, that article on the uh, Bard's Logic uh, Facebook page, and as well as when later on this weekend when I update the website, I'll be putting it there on the website as well, and it, that'll be on the Newsmax uh, TV page where you'll be where you'll be able to find the link for that uh, for folks to go to. As well as something that's important that I want to remind folks is that you know today Barack Obama put up his uh, his nominee for the Supreme Court after uh, the what I think is murder of uh, Antonin Scalia, you know. You know, of course, you know, if I had proof, I'd say take it to the courts, but I mean, I'm just going by I my gut. I myself. 
yeah, I just think the timing of it was just questionable. Then there was no uh, there was no autopsy. His family was very quiet about it. They found a pillow over the guy's head. You know, I just I just think that uh, it, it bears more. Uh, where was his security for one thing? I think it bears more investigation than what uh, than what the, it got. Definitely. Well, uh, I, I, mean, I do want to say that I actually have been to that location uh, in that part of Texas. I've been there twice, and it really is. It's kind of a uh, a rich rich man's uh, kind of a uh, Playboy Mansion fun type of place. I think there were some uh, situations involved um, that were kind of sketchy, and I think it uh, really paved a fortuitous path for them to convince his family not to pursue an autopsy. If you could read between the lines, I'm just telling you like it is. It has nothing to do with him being a fine judge, but uh, I, I, I question his um, I question his um, wisdom in being, you know, so far away in kind of a, uh, a strange situation. Nobody knows who invited him, who paid his bills, who paid for his $800 hotel room, who paid for the flight, who who arranged it. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, politics is full contact sports, and these people are serious and serious about it, and they play for keeps. And so... Uh, that is that's why it's so important for us as, as a Republican Party and a conservative movement to move forth united to fight together. Uh, there is a place for Senator Cruz uh, somewhere within the administration. I don't see it being the VP slot. doesn't mean it won't be somewhere else. But we really need to pull together as a team. As Attorney General, as maybe? Um, I, I, I am pushing for Mark Levin as Attorney General. How about that? So, but either one of them would be fine. Well, I say I say New Gingrich, Secretary of State. But <laughs> well, actually, I say New Gingrich is VP. That'd be great. Um, I don't know if that would happen, but I mean, I tell you what, I'll, you know what? I'd, I'd probably try to take a hiatus from my job so I could go out and campaign. Am I? I you know, I couldn't do that. But <laughs> well, I, I, would, I would mention this. I would mention this about a VP. If you've noticed the trend. The VP lately has always been someone that no one really wanted to ever um, be promoted to become the president. So it's almost like a insurance policy, impeachment insurance policy for the uh, president when you don't really have a second to move in. And uh, so keep mm-hmm. that in mind as far as yeah, the, the type of, of person who might be vice president, not that I know anything at all whatsoever other than just what I've observed in these uh, past uh, three or four or five elections. Well, and I, and I certainly hope it's, uh, you know, it's different from Trump. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and folks, uh, you're out there, whether you listen, uh, whichever mode you're listening to the show at, uh, you like to listen to or be a part of the extended period or what we sometimes lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, give us a call at 347-945-7428. You only have about 12 minutes uh, to do so. Uh, we are going to keep you on the line, David, but I am going to bring things back around to everyone on the line. Uh, we want to thank uh, Brian for coming to the show. He's an iron worker, so the guy's got getting up early in the morning, and he's got a two-hour commute. Uh, so hopefully we'll hear him back on the show. But uh, we want to you know, thank him for coming on. He was definitely one of the folks that I interviewed uh, this past weekend. 
And uh, I do got some more audio I want to play. And boy, time is going just so quick to, uh, tonight. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring things back around, and I'll play the, the next audio. I'm thinking about paying one. Go ahead and play the next one from the uh, the Trump rally, because, you know, when you hear some uh, from there. Because, I mean, we had a range of folks uh, from – we had an 83-year-old gentleman that I interviewed uh, at the Trump rally, and we also uh, interviewed uh, some millennials there as well. And so, well, you know, I definitely want to get those audios in uh, first and then, you know, or at least before the end of the show. Uh, and so let's go ahead. And also some statements that were made to some people who were in the uh, who were in the audience. But first, let's go ahead and, and bring things back around on our roundtable discussion. And we'll go uh, to you, Susan, and then Kelly, then Gene and John, and then back to you, David. And then after that, we'll go ahead and play that next audio uh, because that will give people an opportunity to make comments on anything that they heard or, or, or comments on you know, what our other people here on the line have to say. So let's go ahead uh, and go with you, Susan. Susan, we still have you there? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. Um, <laughs> did you mute yourself? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, okay, so if I'm gathering what some of these gentlemen are saying, they expect me to be loyal to the Republican Party. It happened. I vote for a man, not a party. Once again, I rooted it, a man, not a party. George Washington did not believe in parties. You can't give me someone else? I'll go to Gary Johnson of the Libertarian Party. I voted for Ross Perot twice. I voted for Ralph Nader. I will not be pigeonholed. I will not. Now, I am, because of how Idaho is, registered as a Republican. But I have voted in the regular election. I voted here Libertarian. I have voted for constitutional in different positions. I have voted um, for a Democrat for governor over Bush Otter. I have good reason for that. And I voted for Walt Minnick, who was a Democrat, um, over Raw Labrador. Then uh, Raw finally brought some of his certain scores up, so I support him. But if Walt Minnick came back for some position, I would support him. He's a blue dog Democrat. I'm sorry, I cannot be loyal to a party. I told. Everyone, over and over and over. I stand with the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. I will not back down on that. They don't. And as for Cruz, no. After what he did, no, 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 and no. Uh-uh. I'm not going to stand with him. I won't do it. You know, you don't insult me that way. You don't have your staffers insult me that way when I called and how, he, how I was treated. Uh-uh. That ain't happening. You can't manage your staffers. You've got to blame them. You can't take the blame for yourself. You know what? I nailed Larry Craig, the toe tapper from Idaho. When he wanted to blame everything, but he wouldn't take it, I got applauded because I just told him, Mr. Craig, that ain't happening. You need to take the blame. Don't put the blame on your staffers. Don't do that. Don't put the blame on computers. You, if you, if the little things matter. And if I can't trust you with little things, guess what? I ain't going to trust you with running this country, this state, or anything else. And it's the same way with Ted Cruz. He can't manage the little things. He's not going to be able to manage anything big. <clears throat> Excuse me, big. So that's Thank how you. I feel on it. I'm standing on that, and that's how it is. 
And oh, by the way, Tea Party message to me. John Boehner backs Paul Ryan for president via contested convention. Just gag me now, John Boehner and Paul Ryan. Another reason I'm not going to back just because they have an R after their name. No. Mm-mm. John Boehner, are you kidding me? Okay. Paul Ryan, he's already lost his beat for, uh, you know, when he was running with uh, Mitt Romney. No. I, I, how can you ask me to stand with the R when they can't pick anyone decent? In my opinion, in my opinion, and I wrote the blog on it, Jack or John Kennedy was our last good president, and he was a Democrat. So, there you go. Well, one thing I just don't want to see, um, in, in the people here know that, you know, I, I voted for George Agut in the Constitution Party in 2012, but one of the things I'm very concerned about is having is, is a Hillary Clinton president. One, frankly, oh, I don't want yeah. to have to listen to her for, I don't want to have to listen to her for four years, you know, because I'll have to, you know, for the show, and I'd rather not do that. Um, <laughs> but, of course, there's more substantial or substantive things uh, and reasons. Uh, that I would not want to ever be president. Uh, but what I do see other folks on the line. Uh, so if you'd like to chime in, uh, just push the one on the number dial, and we'll get you into the show uh, after we uh, do our roundtable here and play some more clips. But uh, just push the one on the number dial, and we'll get you in. And uh, we only got about six minutes of the live portion, but we'll be going into the extended period. So give us a call at 347-945-7428. And one of the things, uh, John, that I'm going to be working on is, you know, I try to get for this show because tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, one of my favorite uh, holidays because I'm Irish. But, uh, you know, I was trying to get some folks from Ireland uh, onto the show tonight. I guess, you know, probably end up working out better that uh, we did not just because all the content we have for this evening. Uh, but I do want to have them on who have, you know, the experience of uh, the type of party system and, and voting system that uh, we have been discussing uh, discussing especially with the uh, proportional vote. And so uh, we want to, you know, hopefully get somebody on soon and discuss that. Uh, I tried to get a hold of them and some contact information for a senator in, uh, in Ireland. But what uh, what's going on now is they're actually building their government, which uh, every time they have a vote, they uh, have to do a, what's called a coalition uh coalition government where, you know, they have to have the different parties and they have like five, six parties there uh, come together to make, uh, to actually form the government. And so they're actually working on that. So we've been very, very busy with that. So hopefully within, I was told maybe the next three weeks or so uh, that we'll be able to have somebody from there as well as a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Dr. Uh, Tim White, who is a, uh, at least a regional here in, in this area, expert yeah. in uh, Irish politics and voting, things of that nature. And uh, stay awake there, Susan. But anyway, let's, let's go ahead and uh, oh, bring it over to you, Kelly. Go ahead. Robert, yeah. one more thing real quick. How about one of the Ron Paul or Ranton Paul in, um, uh, in any administration? I'm sorry? I said, how about one of the Pauls in the administration? Yeah, no, I mean, I, that'd definitely be something uh, well, would be interesting. I, I was thinking... Um, I don't know, unless he gets rid of the, the, the Treasury, which I doubt, maybe Secretary of the Treasury, but I think he would probably have someone, I think he would have someone more, you know, in, in, in the business field who would do something like that. But, yeah, that could definitely be part of the discussion. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it back around to uh, Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. Is it Barge Logic after dark yet? Can I tell a dirty joke? 
Uh, well, you got four minutes. Four minutes, and then and then you can because then we'll be at Bard's Logic after dark. So you know, once we hit that time. Okay, here's a dirty joke. A big tall in the mud. Okay, here's another dirty joke. They made a statue of a famous politician. It was made of mud. Okay. Um, (laughs) The RNC. All right. um, You mentioned uh, 2012. I wasn't at the Republican National Convention. I was actually at the Libertarian National Convention in Vegas, and that was a good time to meet people. And anyway, um, but keeping tabs, yes, they uh, with people that were actually there and the games that were played. Yes, um, Ron Paul had a seven-state plurality to speak to create a brokered convention with the Santorum and the Gingrich and Ron Paul folks. Would have been real interesting. Um, so he had a seven state, but uh, and and the rule said five. All I need to demonstrate, or no, what was it? Six, six states. Anyway, they changed the rules to eight. Whoops, sorry, Ron Paul, you're out. You brought a lot of people in the Republican Party. We're not even gonna let you get on the stage. Hmm. All these several days, and this guy can't speak. And so things are, you know, they blocked a broker convention this last time. This time we're gonna see weird games being played. And so I had to ask my mother, okay, now why I bring her up. She's an amazing woman, Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, I just can't say enough good things about her. And we were talking politics. We have the last couple of years a little bit, a little bit more deeply now at this election cycle. And, uh, you know, what do you think about Trump? I just, just threw it out there. And she goes, I don't like him. He's mean. He's rude. He's kind of forceful. He's really, you know. But mother, maybe that's what we need. Straighten the politicians out. Yeah, Washington's really corrupt, but I just don't like him. He's just not very nice. If he um, gives the nomination, are you going to vote for third party? And she said, yes. I was blown away from by that because, you know, ever since I was a kid, I remember her watching Super Tuesdays and the general election and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, serious interest, and she voted and all this, but. Um, she's ready to go third party. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, this is Midwestern farm girl, very my dad, of course. Um, common sense is very prevalent. Um, follow your conscience, have a clean conscience. So she's going to go third party, and I'm like, whoa, that's a huge pulse on a lot of people thinking um, her age, and, you know, even to us. And then I asked her, I says, look, let me ask you a question, okay? If Donald Trump were to promise to clean up Washington, would you vote for him? And she said yes. So, like, again, the the Congress, all of them, they're just so corrupt. It's terrible. She doesn't have the Internet like us do. She won't even go on the computer. She wouldn't buy a computer. She's 83. Um, Everybody just loves her, loving grandmother. She is fed up from just enough of what she's seen on TV. And then us younger folk, middle-aged, you got the younger, younger folk. Uh, of course, we call kids, and when we were 20s, we hated these old kids. But they're, they're, if, if the Republican Party does something really bad to Trump, like they did Gingrich and Tom, uh, Ron Paul. And actually, real quick, real good. quick, Kelly, uh, real, real quick, Kelly, I'm just uh, actually reading, well, it went away, but I was just uh, reading something because uh, I'm watching the uh, – Newsmax TV on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website, and I, it just your timing was impeccable because at that point they were talking about uh, uh, 
a lady who wrote and said, you know, my son just voted for Trump, uh, voted for the first time and, and started the vote because he wanted to vote for Trump. And if uh, the Republicans, you know, screw and, and, the, and the mom switched from being a Democrat to Republican to vote for Trump and they haven't seen this much enthusiasm uh, since Ronald Reagan. And if the Republican uh, Party, the, uh, you know, they didn't say the RNC, but that's what I'm saying, RNC screws them that they won't vote. Go ahead. Uh, what, what did they say they would vote? They vote third party. Well, they didn't say they said they just would not vote. I'm just reading. I'm just reading some emails. They're going over some emails that Newsmax TV uh, has gotten their comments. I'm, I'm watching. Uh, you know, you know, us the radio hosts. We're also watching all kinds of news and stuff while we do the shows. And I'm uh, watching uh, some news stuff on the uh, Newsmax TV on the Bard Logical Type website, and they were just uh, talking about that. So. They didn't say exactly who uh, who that was. Party might emerge because the Bernie Sanders folks are going to get burned by Hillary. And by the way, yep. I have a friend named Elle in Santa Cruz. She uh, said all the Ron Paul supporters from Santa Cruz she knew were going Bernie Sanders. Um, that's that's really interesting. So they get burned. They're going to go third party. Republicans, others watching this disunity, this dysfunction, are going to go third party. We might actually see it. In fact, on April first, April first of this year. Uh, which is going to be a Friday, the Libertarians are going to have a presidential debate hosted by Stossel on Fox. So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, Stossel might lose his job, but, you know, that's going to be some exposure. And when you guys watch these people, the Libertarians, I mean, just watch it, whether you like the Libertarians or not. Because when you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, that was really good. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. Oh, they love the country. I can't decide. That's what happened when I was in 2012, National Convention. It was um, Gary Johnson versus Brian Wright. Not Brian Wright. Um, uh, what's his name? I lost the other candidate's name right now. But he, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. I was like, I was feeling Gary. like, this is so good. It's hard to pick. And, and compared to the lesser of two evils. Um, I want to bring on another point. A buddy brought this forward to me. His name is Roger. Brilliant guy. I wish he'd come on the show. He goes to bed early. But he said, you know why these tasmans afraid of Trump. I said, well, yeah, he might put some of them in jail. Oh, it's deeper than that, he said. The whole state set up against Americans, the NSA and our phones and blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, hello, mm-hmm. NSA Bob. It's been a while since you've heard from us. Hello, NSA Bob. It's been a little tradition <laughs> here for new folks. All right. This system they set up, it's very possible Trump could turn this against them and because of the tightness of all the money and transactions and everything that they set up, used against them, the money will be traced down very easily by the Justice Department. By whom? The Attorney General. Who appoints that? Trump, the president, does. It's going to be really interesting, and maybe we're just getting started here on cleaning house. I'll let somebody else speak. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to Gene and then John and David. And then I'm going to play the audio clips from a gentleman called Earl. He was an 85-year-old uh, gentleman who uh, has been voting for a very long time, and he's a, uh, a Trump supporter. And uh, we'll hear from him after uh, we go through a roundtable here. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Gene. Yes, I liked a lot what Susan said because I liked the, well, the individual, not necessarily the party, and, and especially the way the parties do things are not ready to settle for some kind of compromise deal that they throw together. I just wish they they had more choices out there. If a person didn't see anything they liked with any of the parties, that they would have a strong 
well-known third-party candidate out there to make it interesting. And then one concern that I heard talked about, I have great concerns that Hillary Clinton could get on in there again with all the stuff going on. Because the Democrats mm-hmm. seem to have their act together a little better. So that's kind of my main thoughts. And then I think a candidate needs to uh, care about the American people and not be involved with Monsanto or have other interests going on. That's important, too. Yeah, you know, and you guys brought up uh, the different conventions. Uh, actually, speaking of uh, third parties and different conventions, uh, in the weekend of April 3rd, that's the Sunday, uh, I will be in Columbus, Ohio, for the Ohio Green Party Convention, uh, where they choose their uh, nominate, nominee uh, for their presidential candidate. Uh, so I'll be there, uh, hopefully having a conservative voice to, uh, there at the Green Party. Uh, so I'll oh, be uh, doing that at the end, beginning of that. Go ahead. Yeah, I, the, uh, Ohio did – okay, this is unbelievable. The only two legitimate parties right now in Ohio are – well, three, actually. Republican, Democrat, and the Green Party. I heard that from Jim Connick because he's running for Congress, uh, replaced Boehner's uh, seat. Now, I tried to text him the other day, and he didn't respond. Tell that gentleman to call me. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway um, – he was so like, what? Did I hear you right? The Green Party? You ran the Constitution Party last time? Yeah, it's not. There's a certain threshold that you have to meet, and if you don't, your party's not legitimate. And, the, and adding to that, the Libertarians got sued um, and lost in Ohio regarding their presidential candidacy with Gary Johnson last round. So, you know, it's like the Democrats and Republicans of Ohio say, yeah, we're going to work together to kick everybody else out. And now the people only have two choices them or us. Them mm-hmm. or us. It's like, seriously, folks? Um, I so I understand, Robert, why you're going in the Green Party. Is this really your only viable option in Ohio? Yeah, and that's uh, you know that's one of uh, you know everyone here you know who's a regular on the show knows I you know I'm a environmentalist, uh, although a conservative environmentalist, I still am, and you know I think I'd be you know one uh, you know I'm told you know I like to try to climb mountains, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, you know, by bringing a conservative voice to the Green Party, but we'll see. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring things. We, you know, we've only got – we actually got less than an hour, and I've still got plenty of audios I want to play, especially from Earl, and then I want to play also from uh, the audio clip I have from uh, some millennials uh, who are supporting Trump. And so and, and I've got so many, unfortunately, I won't be able to, to play all of them, so we'll probably have to do a subsequent show. Uh, you know, with them because you know, if I'm going to interview somebody, I like to try to get them, you know, their their voice heard and, and get them on at, at least just you know one show. Maybe I'll just have to have one back to back where I just play all the interviews I did back to back with people. But let's go ahead and bring it back to John and then David, um, and then we'll play the audio and then we'll bring things back around. And when we bring things back around, we'll kind of switch it up by uh, starting uh, with Gene and then John and David, and then go back to Susan Kelly. And then by that time, and then hopefully we'll be have enough time uh, to do the other clip. Uh, so maybe we'll make some some short comments about uh, the gentleman, the eighty three year old gentleman, uh, who we're going to hear from next. But let's go ahead, John. Yeah, my my big thing. I'm joining a number of the voices on this call and just wanting to vote for the individual. I 
find it very hard to believe that any of the individuals in the mainstream or what you know the Republican Democratic parties <laughs> right now are even constitutional and and just for grins as far as knowing if there's people available go to fbc.gov and look up you know for 2016 presidential candidates last time I looked there was close to a thousand if not and then I heard from other people it was closer to 1400 at that point so I it's like there's plenty of candidates, but for some reason, like um, Kelly was referring to, the Democrats and Republicans just do everything they can to block everything, everybody out. And whenever I think of Donald Trump, I'm just thinking, you know, with property rights and stuff and him being so militaristic, he's even told us, you know, he's not going to respect the Constitution either. And he's going to try to be dictator in charge, and he's not about finding mutuality of agreement with we the people. He just wants our votes right now, in my opinion. And then he's going to run roughshod over your property to do what he wants to do regardless, just like, you know, the Republicans want to do. And that's why I appreciate Robert being a kind of environmentalist, so to speak, and still being conservative, because we all want good drinking water and good uh you know, food, we don't want our soil toxic and stuff so we can continue to cultivate good plants and, and food so we can eat and drink healthy. But you wonder sometimes with the stuff that goes on and, and the way they turn a blind eye, they, the establishment group or the, I don't even know what to call them now anymore, but these people that seem to have the gateway control just say one thing, manipulating the rules and th making you think that, oh, that's the way it is, but then they're behind the scenes manipulating it in another way as if there's two different rules and whatnot, and then they deny you your right to influence those rules when you're an equal citizen. And I just have a real big problem with that, and I think it's going to take us all down the tubes if we don't learn how to get along and mutually agree on all the governance. Um, and like I said before, and I'm not talking about peanuts and cars and houses and equal, you know, this or that. It's governance. We all have the right to mutually agree together what governance will be and how we treat each other, how we relate to, to each other, and how we interact with each other. Otherwise, we disrespect each other. We're just asking for a whoop, you know what. So, anyway, it's all good combo. Thank you much. Yield the floor. You're welcome, and let's go ahead and uh, bring things back to David, and then we're going to hear from uh, Earl, uh, who was at the rally this weekend. Go ahead, David. Oh, I would just, uh, I'd like to, I'd just like to say that the important thing is, I know a lot of people say that the man is more important than the party, but the number one goal, and you hear this as a common theme, actually, from conservative commentators on the radio, the number one goal is to beat the left, beat the Democrats. We have to beat them, and whatever it takes to beat them, I think is the preeminent objective, and I think we have to be practical, not necessarily purist, and that's why, again, I support Donald Trump, even though I knowingly recognize that Ted Cruz probably is ideally maybe a bit more uh, conservative, but we have to win this election. This country cannot afford not winning this election because we have to to beat the Democrats, and then we have to do the work that needs to be done to renew, rejuvenate the Republican Party. So that's that's what I had to say about all that, and 
please support Donald Trump. And one of the things uh, that we have here, I mean, you know, I'm in Ohio. So, you know, we had our ours last night, and it, and it went to Kasich last night. And I mean, I, I generally give uh, full disclosure is I did not vote for Kasich. I'll tell you that. Um, even though he's my governor, um, I didn't I didn't vote for him. Uh, and so, you know, but anyway, I think with with the third parties and the multiple parties, is that I think that the way for them to start is I think they they concentrate a lot on. The, the national, you know, get get national recognition. But I think if they do it the other way, where try to do, you know, be a part of more local politics first, and then the national, I mean, I, mean, I know the, the mindset is, hey, let's get our uh, attention on us on the national scene, and then that'll trickle down into the, you know, the local politics. And I mean, I can kind of see that. But I think if they want to build themselves up and have a, more of a chance, I think they got a much better chance starting from, uh, the grassroots, starting from the you know the the local politics or the, you know the local elections as a say in positions than they would uh, in you know the, the trying for the national and, you know they just it's, it's too much against them at this point. I mean I like having them there. I definitely like having voices. I mean if the one thing the Republican debates did prove is that you can have a debate with five people on the stage. And so one of the things I put out there is that well why don't we just have you know the Republican Democrat. They're in the you know you have them in there, and uh, and, and then they have the other three uh, major uh, alternative parties. You know the Green Party, Constitution Party, Libertarian Party. Uh, have him them in there, so at least their voices could be heard. You know they probably won't get as much time as Republican Democrat, but at least they should have some time uh, to get in there. So you know hey, we know we can Robert, work. Who, who, uh, who did you who did you vote for? Here's the interesting thing is I actually voted on the Green Party ballot, and so I, they didn't they didn't even have a, a vote for their presidential candidate on there. They do that they do that actually at the convention that I'll be a part of uh, in in in, May, in April April third is their convention where uh, that's where they uh, do the nomination for their presidential candidate. And so and so in order for me to even be able to be a part of that. I had to pick up a uh, Green Party ballot to do that. Um, so I didn't even vote for uh, any presidential candidate. I voted for one senator and then also uh, some committee persons uh, for did the vote, position. Did you vote for Jim Condit? He wasn't even on. He wasn't on the party. He wasn't on that ticket. Oh, he wasn't on the. He wasn't on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the libertarians. The libertarians. Was he on the libertarian? Uh, no, no, he's Green Party because in Ohio there's only three viable parties. But the Libertarian well, he wasn't uh, on nationally, the, the what? He, he, was, he wasn't on. He wasn't on the ballot. Well, that's strange. Okay, I'll have to talk to him. Anyway, um, the uh, Libertarians have a similar system where um, they vote their nominee at the national convention. That's how they decide their nominee. It, it's it's interesting. Yeah, and this is just a state convention, so but, but but perhaps you know, I mean, it is where they're going to be nominating their presidential. So they say it's a, you know the Ohio Green Party convention. So I mean, I don't know whether that's a national one or not, but I'm just going by uh, by that. But that that is where they're going to be choosing 
uh, maybe they'll take the what I think is they'll just take what the votes from the different state conventions and then put those together, and that's where they'll come up with their candidate. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got an idea who I'm going to uh, to vote for, and we'll we'll talk more about that. And who knows, maybe we'll even get the gentleman on our show. We did have a a, 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 gov- a gubernatorial candidate from the Green Party uh, who we interviewed uh, from Pennsylvania. We interviewed him. Uh, I hate to say it, but his name escapes me right now. I mean, he has been some months ago. Uh, but that was back in, you know, in last year for the gubernatorial races. Uh, but let's go ahead, and yeah. I, I definitely want to keep – we are unfortunately running out of time, and I do have at least two – I'm going to play all the clips, but of course I can't uh, for the folks who are listening and, and, and they listen because they want to hear their interview uh, on the show. Uh, we will play it on subsequent shows. We will get those interviews in. So if you're listening to the show – uh, tonight, and you're like, oh, man, I want to hear my interview uh, that I did on the show. Uh, we'll, we'll be playing it on subsequent shows. And, unfortunately, um, it's only a three-hour show. We could probably do four or five hours tonight. Uh, but, unfortunately, that's just not the case here. But let's go ahead and hear from a gentleman. Uh, as I said, 80, uh, I think it was 83 years old, somewhere around there. Uh, been voting the whole time. And, as, as you pointed out, David, for a, a Trump supporter. So let's go ahead and listen to that. What, what's your name again? Earl Mills. And where are you from? I'm from Hamilton, Ohio. From Hamilton, Ohio? Yes, sir. Okay, so we're here tonight, at the, or this afternoon, at the Trump rally. Uh, so are you new to the uh, elections, or have you voted before? You normally vote for Republicans. Tell me a little background. I go back to, uh, I've lived under 13 presidents, wow. from Roosevelt up till now, and I voted for Eisenhower, and I voted Republican ever since. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I met... Dr. Carson back in September, Sharonville. It's awesome. We went back in the VIP's room. Great. And talked with him, and he was just, I thought, that's who I was really for. Yeah, I, I like him. I like Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. He's honest. He's too honest a lot. Citizen statesman. Yes, right. And uh, we, just, we chatted with him. My shirt collar was kind of out. He straightened it up for me. He just so nice and was so down to earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, after he fell back, I took Trump. Because I think Trump's got the message. And I think he'll do what he says. And when Ben Carson endorsed him, that just really enthused me. And Chris Christie, I said, there goes his attorney general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy it politics. We watch Fox News all the time, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we get the most information of a conservative mm-hmm. view, and then we watch other stations to get the liberal view, and I've always liked... Uh, what station is that? That's CNN. Yeah, that's when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I watched before Fox, mm-hmm. and then I, I found out about Fox, and I, I started watching Fox. I like... Most of the people on Fox, uh, I don't think, uh, if I can say names, Megan Kelly, I don't think she's too fun to Donald. No, she's not. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Megan Kelly, actually. No. Uh, and uh, Rubio, I really love the young guy, but he got in with Cruz, I think. Yeah. And Cruz, and Cruz let him... Uh, yeah, I'm saving their spot. <laughs> Cruz got down. Is that her seat? Yeah. You're okay. You're, she's okay. No, no, go ahead. I want to take your. That's her dad. 
Okay. But he got in with Cruz, and Cruz made him the fall guy. Yeah. And Cruz, I'll be honest, I've looked a lot of people in the face. I was a chaplain for hospice, and I, I know human nature pretty good. But the first time I laid eyes on Cruz, I said, no, that's not the guy. I'm 82 years old, and I can say a little bit above and beyond. But I, you can look at a man's face sometimes and tell where he's honest and tell where he's coming from because people poured out their heart to me with hospice. And uh, I looked at Cruz. He's a sneaky little guy, and he tells a lot of lies. I'm a Republican. He's a Republican. But, I mean, you got to call it like it is. And my whole family is voting for Trump. And uh, I'm enjoying today. I can imagine I got this good seat where I can be this close. Yeah, you better see him yeah, good. Yeah, I feel privileged today. I feel good. honored. Well, I tell you what, we have, we appreciate you, you know voting all these you know all these years. I talked to a gentleman earlier today who he's 40 years old, just now just now started voting. He said I haven't voted till Donald Trump. I think there is a movement. I think uh, they bring in a lot of independents, which, to be honest, I'm an independent. Yeah. I know I was a Republican most of my life. I followed politics since I was 10. I'm not going to say how old I am now, but uh, let's say it's been a couple of decades, all right? Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not, I mean, after 2012, I, I, I left the Republican Party. I'm an independent now. I do, but I've been thinking about joining the independent the way that Trump's running against both parties. Yeah, yeah, yes. I agree G- with that. The GOP is not backing Trump. But the people, this is going to be one of the we the people times to vote. Yeah. And we're going to stand up. And I believe that the majority of Americans will feel the same way that I do. We're sick and tired. We made the Republicans a majority in the Senate and the House. And they sat back and let Obama do anything he yeah. wants to. I said Richard Nixon looks more like a Sunday school teacher every day. <laughs> yeah. Know? And they was going to impeach him, and he had to leave Austin. And what Obama's got away with, your eye couldn't do one third. Poor Hillary Clinton. Why is she not in jail, right? Hey, that's what I wrote on my Facebook. Yeah, Yeah, why is she not in jail? Well, we know why. Let's be honest. We know why she's not in jail. Right. Yeah, she's uh, she's definitely being protected. She's insulated. Uh, and, and, and let me bring and let me bring up the bring to my next question is we know the forces are against Donald Trump okay right. and as you pointed out wait a minute I got to make sure I didn't have a technical difficulty here good okay as, as you pointed out that Trump's going against both parties right. so it's well known that everybody's against Trump okay yeah. so be that as it may let's say that for some way the Republicans are successful in their fight against Trump if he does not become the nomination would you vote for someone other than Donald Trump to go against Hillary Clinton? Because if people don't, unfortunately, if they don't vote for the Republican candidate, we will have a President Hillary Clinton, which I think will be, be even worse. What are, what's well, your thoughts? if Trump don't get in and goes to the third party, I think he'll win anyway. Really? I, I think Democrats... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Democrats voting for Trump. Well, so a lot of Democrats voted for Reagan, but... Yeah, that's right. And, Great. He admired Franklin Roosevelt. He was a Democrat. He turned Republican. And under the 13 presidents I've lived, Ronald Reagan was the best. He brought America up. Maybe Carter took it down. Not as bad as it is now. So I think Trump is the only man 
running for office for president that can bring the United States out of a $20 trillion deficit. I believe that with all my heart, with all my 82 years of experience. I'm believing and praying for Trump to triumph. Well, we call this, you know, the show, it's Bart's Logic, it's the name of the show, it's not about me, it's not about whatever, but we call it the Grassroots We the People Show, and that's what this is, I think, Trump could be about, it's a grassroots movement, we're about to see, um, I think that he could, I mean, personally, at this point, I was worried about Trump being able to beat Hillary Clinton, with all the new people that he's brought in, we'll see, there's a chance of doing that. My grandson, grandson and granddaughters that voted for Obama, they're voting Trump I told him, I'd think about the future of your Is children. It? Think about the future of your children. This, this election, this time, their future depends on it. If they don't get somebody like Donald Trump in there, if they don't get Donald Trump, and they get Hillary, then they going nowhere. But if they get Hillary in there, it'll be the same old, same old, and their ch children will be in debt. Their, their children are being dead. Now, I ask this of everybody I've, I've interviewed uh, the past couple days. Is there any one issue, any one topic that you, you're not being heard, talked about, that you would like to, to, them to talk more about? Well, there's a lot of personal things in all of our lives that we don't want, want to talk about. No, that you want. I mean, what, is there a, an issue or topic that the politicians, including Trump, are not talking about that you, uh, that an issue you would like them to discuss? Well... Our, our military, if we don't have a strong military, the rest of it, you're not going to have no economy, you're not going to have no freedom of speech, it's just not, our freedom is going to be taken away from us, and, and freedom, freedom to have a strong military, freedom of speech, and freedom to do as we've always done, and not be a most people I get on Facebook, they're afraid to say anything. Yeah. Afraid to be retaliated against. Right. I've actually people who declined on interviews because they're afraid of that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing of what it is. It's an old saying, but when good men do nothing, that's when evil prevails. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and like Trump, I've heard him say, there's a lot of Democrat friends he supported in the past. He supported everybody. But I think Trump is going to win. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. Okay, unfortunately, it looks like uh, we've lost uh, David's uh, call. Uh, so hopefully, uh, David, you're listening here to the archives, and we definitely like to get you back in the show. Uh, so I want to uh, make any comments on uh, Earl very brief, because I do have another audio clip I definitely want to play and get out there uh, on the airwaves. Uh, and it's at about 12 minutes long, but it's a great clip. It's got uh, millennials on there, which is the other end of the spectrum. I think it's important. It's going to be, you know, let's be honest, the future of America. Um, and so we'll, uh, I definitely want to play that. So let's uh, make some brief comments on uh, that clip. And we'll start with you, Gene, then John, then we'll bring it back to you, uh, Susan and Kelly. Go ahead, Gene. Uh, yes, I I was kind of thinking more the other day that uh, on that one show that they have come on in the afternoon, I can't remember the show right now. It comes on right lady here. I think Susan knows what I'm talking about. But they had Trump's son, and I was very impressed by what Trump's son had to say because uh, 
Trump is used to negotiating and doing these business deals and and uh, talking about that. And now that he's running for president, that a lot of these people are are trying to come along to support Trump. So that really impressed on me that, that Trump knows how to negotiate. He has experience how to to make these deals, which is important for our government to be able to make. I think that's the main and thing John that Everty, I had to say. And John, over to you. I don't really have a whole lot to add. I mean, a gentleman sounds like he's had a lot of experience and understanding. I just have a hard time voting for any of the two mainstream candidates right now, so that's why I'm keeping an eye open for a third-party write-in if there's enough support. However, Donald Trump is the best ticket out of those in the two mainstream parties right now, even though I don't think he's any good. But my concern, too, is that there's a lot of Democrats that are not voting because they're so happy with, you know, they could they could take either one, Sanders or Clinton, as their nominee. They don't care. So they're less like, hey, man, I ain't going to worry about it till the general commission so, or general election. So they're just chilling out at home. And But once the Republican and the general election comes up and it's against their candidate, whether it be Sanders or Clinton, they're going to come out of the woodwork, and then we're going to have a whole lot more numbers. And right now, I don't know if there's enough votes from the Republican Party to actually support Trump, because um, I heard out of all the votes that have been cast so far, Hillary Clinton by herself is 500,000 more votes than all of Donald Trump's votes. Well, how many of the people that are, uh, you know, like in, let's say Trump does get the nomination, well, will all the Republicans actually go and vote for him to overcome that difference deficit? So, you know, even if we do vote for Trump, we we got to really get everybody to vote for Trump if we're going to do it. And I just haven't been able to make up my mind. But that is a concern. I yield the floor. Well, and, 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 I'm glad, and I'm glad you brought that point up uh, because, you know, with yeah, because I mean, there's much many uh, – you know, very many uh, more candidates voting in the uh, – very many more candidates, you know, voting – I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, candidates in the in the Republican primary. So, you know, that definitely splits up that number. And then also yeah, – um, I do I – do, hold, hold on, John. Hold on, John. Uh, let me get my thought out. As, but I do think – I do think they'll coalesce. I think they'll have to. I think, you know, they do not want uh, Hillary Clinton – uh, to uh, become the president, one because all the Supreme, uh, Supreme Court nominees she can pick. Two is I, I think that they may think that she can bring in a lot of Democrats back into the House and the Senate if she gets uh, as office. And plus, I think, uh, and I may very well think that, at least for me, at least to be honest, I think, and I'm not, you know, but I think there's a lot of more Republicans who have a um, just a, a reaction to Hillary Clinton where they may they may very well can't stand Hillary Clinton more so than they ever could not stand uh, Obama. I mean, I, I mean, I just kind of get that feeling that, you know, she, she's even less palatable to Republicans than Obama is. And so I, I think, you know, they definitely would be able to kill a less uh, to defeat her. 
Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, what was that, that that brief point? And then I'm going to bring uh, Susan and Kelly for a couple because I definitely want to uh, play that uh, audio. I mean that yeah, the audio with uh, the millennials in it. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the point I was trying to make is that, you know, there's already a certain number or group of Republicans that say that they will not vote for Trump no matter what. And then with the establishment even talking about possibly getting a third-party ticket trying to go and whatnot, I'm like going, man, we're really messed up. I mean, how? because even if it's Bernie Sanders on the other side, it don't matter. You've got to get enough votes to overcome, and I just... I'm struggling with it, but anyway, you get you, you know. Well, and definitely, um, you know, as I said, you know, and we've heard that from yeah. I mean, we've had people who said if, if Trump doesn't get the nomination because of the new people coming in for Trump, uh, then they wouldn't they wouldn't vote either. So it's definitely going to be very important for. Uh, the party not to just come together. Not it's not important for only the party to come together, uh, but for the folks who you know came from the Democrat Party and also the uh, independents who have voted for uh, Donald Trump uh, for them to to come out and, and vote too. And of course, if the uh, Republicans keep him from being the nominee, uh, or, or even if they put up that that third party as you suggested. I mean, it's just going to give it to Hillary Clinton. So we'll definitely have to do that. I'm sure we'll, you know, talk about that more in the show, if not having uh, shows uh, completely dedicated to that. But let me go ahead and uh, real quick, Kelly, real quick, Susan, because, oh, my gosh, it's already at the bottom of the of the hour. And uh, I do want to play that, that, that clip where people can uh, hear it other than uh, just myself. So uh, what, what did you think about, uh, about Earl, uh, Kelly? One more time. The, the gentleman uh, who we just heard from on the audio. No, oh, I was multitasking. I'm sorry. That's okay. We we all do that. Now, what about you, Susan? And okay, well, Susan uh, sounds like she might have uh, stepped away herself or muted herself or something of that nature. Uh, so we'll be bringing uh, Susan back. But that, that gives us more time, and we can make uh, comments on both the audios uh, when she gets back. So let's go ahead and hear uh, this from uh, the Trump rally. And as I said earlier, we'll guess we'll have to have another show and, and play some more of these uh, interviews because, you know, I don't want to be able to get them out uh, for the folks that I did uh, interview for, you uh, know, they could get their, their voice out for the show. I'm back. Oh, go ahead, Cindy. <laughs> oh, Cindy. Go ahead, uh, Susan, real briefly. Did you want to make any comments on the last audio real brief before I play the last one? I said that you have a lot of interesting people you interviewed, even if I don't agree with them. They're unique, and you picked some good ones, you know. And as far as me, tell you whether I'll um, vote for Trump or who I'll vote for, but uh Go Gary Johnson. Well, and I definitely have a history of voting third party too. I mean, I, I voted, uh, you know, I voted for, oh, what's that? Uh, shoot, I can't, brain freeze. Right, I Rock voted for Rockford before. I voted for, you know, uh, you know, others. You know, n- n- maybe not for the presidential campaign, but I definitely voted for third party candidates and local campaigns. Uh, but this time, you know, Trump or maybe even Cruz. I don't know what this. Depends what the Republican Party does, and you know, and then I'll make my decision. But I, I really don't want Hillary Clinton, so uh, I may for the 
very well may be for, you know, whoever the Republicans put up uh, to vote for them. But we'll, we'll see. It just depends on how nasty, uh, you know, on what the Republican RNC and the stuff does. But anyway, uh, let's go and hear, hear from the future of, of America. That's from the millennials. Obviously, you're one of the millennials. So the first question I'm going to ask, why Donald Trump? And why not Bernie Sanders? Well, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Why would anyone vote for him? Okay, okay, good, good. And so why Donald Trump then? I like what he says. Do you think he's going to just take it to him, or do you think he's going to actually get something accomplished? Hopefully. At least that's what he's saying. And uh, have you voted before? Yes. Uh, What was the last election you voted in? The last presidential one. Last presidential. Now, I'm not going to ask for a particular. Um, well, I guess if Republican, were you Republican voted or Democrat? Or you just, I voted for Romney. You voted for Romney? Okay. So, would you consider yourself an independent or a Republican? I vote for who I like. Who you like? Some more of, it, more of an independent. Okay. So, what about specifically, what issue really stands out for you that Donald Trump's talking about that really resonates with you? He said he's going to get rid of all the illegal immigrants. Yeah, and you really think they'll, they'll get rid of all of them or just well, build the wall? Well, I think he's going to try. Yeah. I think it will be hard to get rid of all of them, but I think he's going to try. Okay. And so what if... Um, okay, so there's talking left now about broken convention and contest convention, things of that nature. Uh, if that happens, let's say if the Republican Party decides to it gets a broken convention and now they have... You know, they pick somebody else. I don't think they will, but they do. Would you vote for that candidate against Hillary Clinton? Against Hillary, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Do you think that would be the the worst thing that could happen is is a Hillary Clinton presidency? Yes. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, one question, and anyone here can answer this. I really, I mean, I think I know the answer. Why is she not in jail? Exactly. Why is she not in jail? They're protecting her. Obama. And so, well, we got a consensus there. See, okay, now here's another thing. She's not in jail yet. Do you think yeah. that, do you think she'll be indicted? No. I don't think they're I'm not going to No? No one's going to indict? Do you think she'll be indicted? Can I talk to you about why she should be indicted? You know what I'm talking You don't want to be on the show? Okay. Well, okay, so the consensus, she don't think she'll be indicted. I, I doubt it. I think she should. Um, now, do you think... See, when, when I first, you know, started covering this, I was really leery about Donald Trump in that my concern was, because of his past relationship with the Trump, okay, that would he hammer her as hard as she's going to need to be hammered? Let's take it to nomination. Is he going to hammer Hillary Clinton the way that he needs to in order to defeat her in November? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Do you think he will do yeah. it? just said about the job thing, that the family said that was not true. What was the question? I said, okay, now with one of my concerns with Donald Trump in the beginning of the election was, do you think that he's going to hit Hillary Clinton because of their past relationship as hard as he's going to need to hit her in order to beat her in November? Absolutely. Think he'll come out and he'll really hammer to her about the emails, about Benghazi, about us, your Secretary of State? Between Donald Trump and Hillary, Donald Trump's going to crush her. Yeah, you speak well. See, it's all right. This is a a grassroots show. We're an organic show. And so, you know, you don't have to be the best. Heck, I'm not the best speaker, and I do the show. Um, Okay, great. And so now, let's say, and I asked them this. Let's her this, and she said, yes. Let's say the Republican Party somehow 
put somebody else up if you don't get the the, uh, the vote. Because we know everybody's against Donald Trump. Everybody. He's got a lot going against him now. If they're successful and the Republican Party does not want Trump, the leadership, the RNC, not, not obviously the people, do not want Donald Trump. Would you vote for that candidate for, you know, because it's against Hillary Clinton? If they were to well, put up somebody else. I won't vote Hillary Clinton again, but I think that we would be, there would be a revolt. I mean, we would come the people. The so people. Are you saying like if it came down between Cruz and Hillary? Yeah, let's say if it came between Cruz and Hillary. Would you vote for Cruz? Cruz. Yeah. Cruz? I wouldn't want okay. Hillary to be. Now, here's a scenario that I've been proposing to people. Right now, the Republican Party's fractured. We know that. We see what's going on. Trump may not get the vote outright. Now, he will get the majority. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get the majority of the delegates. He may not get that threshold because of all that he's facing. Okay. Let's say it goes to, go to a brokered or a contested convention. Okay. And th- would you think that the only way to heal the party would to be have a Trump Cruz ticket? And if the you know, if they said, look, Cruz, we know you're not really don't want to run, but you know Trump, but for the good of the party. You know what I mean? For the good of the party, would you do it? Would you see something as that being the only way the Republican Party could be healed with Trump being the nominee or even being a contested convention? I would vote for that. But do you think that... I think that would help. You think that would help? I think so, too. Because, I mean, it may not. If we may, he may not get it because there is so much, you know, so much, you know. I mean, let's look at... You tell the truth what everybody else is saying and afraid to say it. Yeah. Now, the, now the one thing that, that they talk about, and let's try to nip this in the bud, is where they talk about where he talked to, I believe, some reporters from the Washington Times about the wall, saying, "Oh, it's negotiable. Everything about, you know, you've heard of that. Everything's about negotiable, you know, with that." But that's off the record. Do you think that he was just pandering, or do you think that's just something the Washington Times are putting out? What, what's your thoughts on, on that, on that issue? If that. We don't know what he may have said, and I don't. I don't assume that he said that he's going to I think he will, but I think he doesn't mean that we need a wall, and he's going to try to have that kind of pace without a wall. Look at the trade, yes, trade deficit. Because he, like no one else, knows the business of other countries, other companies that he's built. Okay, yes or no answer, and I'm just going to go by each one. Do you think that what's going on with Donald Trump in the election and bringing voters in, is this just one, just people are, are, are mad? They're mad at the Republican Party. They're mad at how the government's doing. Or, as Donald Trump says, this is a movement. Do you believe this is a really a true movement that is going to carry over to the general election and bring him the, the presidency? Is this a true movement that's going to bring people into the political process, okay, just because he's not a politician? What do you think? Yes or no? Yes. you think it's a movement? I don't, think it's, I don't say it's a movement. I know people are upset how the Republican Party voted them in. They did nothing for us. He says he will. He's an outsider. We need to get someone that has a business sense to help us, to help this country. Mm-hmm. 
Is this a movement, you think? Definitely, yes. Movement? I wouldn't say so. I, I, you'd have to say every winning presidential campaign would have to be a movement. I'd say o Obama was a movement, and it's just a trend. It's just a trend. Okay. Is it a movement, or is it... Yes, it's a movement. I think he has brought more excitement to the Republican Party than it's been in a long, long time. Okay. Great. Well, you know, we got a mixed, uh, mixed opinion on whether it's a movement. We'll see. I think we'll know more about whether it's a movement if we go to a general election. So we see these guys here. Do you think what's going on here, this from Trump rally, uh, Trump bringing in more people, you know, to vote in the Republican Party, would you say this is just the excitement of it being someone other than a politician? Absolutely. Are you, or do you think this is an actual movement that is no, going to be carried in the general election? I agree with both. And yeah. no, it's a movement, and it's a good movement. And, and I haven't asked this of anybody yet, but since we talked about the movement, is this a movement that, let's say it is a movement, and let's say that it does bring people in. I talked to a gentleman today, 40 years old, first time he's ever, ever voted, ever. Okay? And so, let's say it's a movement. Will that carry? Okay, carry the presidency. He gets elected. A couple years from now, okay, we're going to have more elections, you know, the House, Senate. Is this something that's going to be a wave, do you think, of grass, of people getting into the political system? Because we've been, would you agree with this statement? The, the people of this country have been apathetic. Right. So what's been going on with the politics for many reasons? We'll just we we'll spend all the Many years of Obama would make it. Even longer than that, I think. Longer than that, yeah. I've how many years that. have you? How many years have you heard? And I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm sorry. That's fine. Well, how many years have you heard? I, I just don't care. I can't make a difference. Is this going to be different now? We can make a difference. Well, I tell you why. We that's... all need to unite, and we, we can make a difference. We the people. And we the people. What well, works for us. What I'm impressed with is the young people coming out for Trump. You know, I never expected to see that. I've seen a lot of nice young people in line to get in here, and I shook their hand. I said, I'm glad to see you take an interest in a, in a civil way mm -hmm. and uh, in both your conscience. I said, I'm glad to see young people come out. And I am. I'm very impressed with yeah. that. 19 years old, 20, 18. I, I interviewed a guy, uh, 23 years old, and a, a girl, I, I didn't ask her age, but yeah. she was definitely uh, a millennial. I feel proud of that because... Because our country's going in the right, hopefully in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Hey, and Trump is going to save yeah. the millennials by building that wall and stopping all the heroin that's killing our kids. He's got the right idea by building that wall. He's going to build it. I think he's right for our country. You think he will? Remember, I talked about maybe get these these guys back here. Hopefully, is that. Do you think, because remember what he said to Washington Times, when he's reporting Washington Times behind the scenes, and eh, that just talk, I'm really not going to do that, everything's negotiable. Do you think he really will build Absolutely. that wall? Or do you think, I, think, I hope he builds that wall. America needs that wall. People are behind him. And with the people behind him, he'll have the political uh, political clout, you know, to be able to do that, maybe at the bully pulpit, as you will, be able to get that done. I hope so. He, Trump tells us he's a unifier and that he makes deals. He gets shit done. He's going to get it done. I'm glad to see somebody I believe speak out in America, you know? Let's, somebody speak for our country. Right. And that makes me proud. A non-politician. That's right. That's, I think, one of his largest appeals. I'm going back to these guys here. I'm just interviewing some folks. I see you guys are you know, younger generation, millennials, report Trump. Uh, do you mind if I ask you each, uh, why, why Donald Trump? Why not Bernie Sanders? Why Donald Trump? I like Donald Trump because he doesn't give a crap about political correctness. He says what he thinks, and he lets everyone know. He's not afraid to tiptoe around. He'll let you know what he thinks. Okay, great. Why not? Why Donald Trump? Why not Bernie Sanders? Because we need a businessman, and Bernie Sanders doesn't work. We need someone who works. 
So what about you? Let me get this over here for you. I agree. We need a businessman in office. Our national debt needs to be fixed. 19 trillion. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 18. 18? 17. 17? 17. And you're going to vote in a primary, which we know that they're just now allowed to do it. I know Kasich and someone are talking about it. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, and you. then, uh, boy, I'm running out of cards today. Here, this is our website uh, to the show. Uh, check it out. Uh, we do uh, roundtable discussions. I, I'm live 10 o'clock to 1 a.m. on Wednesday evening. Welcome to call in, visit the website. Thank you. Well, listening to people and their uh, their views. Definitely. I like following you. Well, great. Yeah, hopefully I get more. Just show more cards. Okay, and I uh, appreciate you guys sitting 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 I was like, I mean, as you can hear here, there was multiple people there uh, who, you know, was able to get some comments from. So I definitely want to make sure I got that on tonight's show. And so uh, at this time, we'll have to go ahead and get our closing thoughts together. Uh, we've got uh, five folks on besides myself, and we've got about, uh, well, about seven minutes. Uh, let's say eight, six, uh, let's say eight. Okay, we've got about a minute and a half uh, for each person to do their closing comments or so uh, before, unfortunately, I have to end the show for tonight. I, I really wish I had another hour at least because I tell you what, I could definitely play uh, uh, more from uh, from the folks that I interviewed, both from uh, the Freedom Works rally as well as the uh, the Donald Trump rally. Uh, but let's go ahead and we'll do it this way. Uh, we'll get the closing comments from Eugene and then John and then uh, you – uh, Susan, and then Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. Uh, go ahead, Gene. Uh, it's, it's been interesting to tell a lot of the things were kind of repeated over. You know, I kind of got the main idea, and it's been a good discussion, I think, too. And I know Susan and John and others had some very good comments, and I enjoyed hearing their comments, and that's about it for right now. Well, Gene, as always, we uh, appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, next week, you know, we'll uh, have some more on. I'm hoping to get those folks. Been uh, said it could be a couple of weeks uh, before we get the folks from uh, Ireland uh, to talk about uh, the proportional uh, voting as well as the multi-party system that they have there. I think, uh, unfortunately, parties are here to stay. And so since we're not going to be voting for individuals, uh, we, at least we can have uh, – different parties uh, that I think would be better representations uh, for the people. Uh, let's go ahead over to you, John. Yeah, well, thank you, Robert. Uh, definitely, I'm still you know, hoping for somebody to stand up for at least a write-in, third-party write-in, because I'm having a problem with the folks now. However, other, if there's no other possibility to stop anybody, Donald Trump has to be the next ticket. My hopes is is that we will all figure out a way to start stop this divide and conquer system and figure out a new way to move forward where we all find mutuality of agreement in the people that we elect where we can all get behind them. So we are the United States of America. Because united we stand, divided we fall. And if we don't respect each other as equal citizens, with the same, you know, we're all equally significant, equally valuable, equally important, and equally worthy, then we're going to divide and just our Constitution, we have to figure out and learn the details of what our constitutional founding and intent was 
that each one of us get to self-determine governance for ourselves and respect each other in that light and provide due consideration and respect and dignity to each other and move forward because we continue to move backwards. And the more we have these disrupted party deception and divide-and-conquer nonsense, it's just going to... It's going to make us collapse. Our dollar is going to collapse because of it, because trust is the main factor that makes us work. If we don't have enough trust between each other, we can't do deals, we can't negotiate faithfully with each other, it falls apart. So anyway, sorry. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, uh, appreciate it. And, uh, of course, we always enjoy and appreciate your input here, John. And definitely, folks, uh, whether you're listening to the show uh, live now uh, and about to get off the line uh, or you're listening to the show in the podcast, uh, definitely you take the link that you used to come in tonight or uh, go on Blog Talk Radio, uh, follow the show, uh, share the link, whether it's uh, through Twitter or through the uh, your email or the website. Of course, I do have these uh, ways on the uh, website, www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, where you can uh, use the email that I already have uh, put it out. You just have to copy and paste it onto your body of the, the email, send it out, or, of course, you can uh, tweet out the show to your uh, Twitter followers or just, you know, post it on your Facebook pages. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to you, Susan. Go ahead. Well, i got to say, you are a great interviewer. <laughs> oh, I'll thank you. I, I couldn't. I like it. They should hire you <laughs> to interview. <laughs> at all no, these I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked how you interacted. Very good. You should be doing, you and I should be doing the um, questioning of the candidates <laughs> up on stage. Oh, but I tell you what, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do more of that, certainly. Yeah, and actually, I had somebody uh, ask me tonight, uh, actually through a text, he was uh, one of the communication folks for Matt Bevan when he was uh, running for governor. Uh, he, you know, he asked me about if I got an opportunity to ask Trump any questions. And I thought, I said, no, I said, uh, I didn't get an interview. I mean, I get to ask him any questions while I was at the rally. However, I feel like that it's more important, at least for me, to have been able to interview. And I would love, don't, don't get me wrong, I'd love to, to you know, interview Donald Trump and any of the candidates. If I got the opportunity, of course, I'd jump at it. Uh, but for this show, I think it's maybe even be more important for to do what I you know, was able to do there, and that's to interview, you know, the people, the audience, and get what their take is because, you know, that's what, you know, Bard's logic is about. So, I mean, definitely would, would love to interview them, as you pointed out. That'd be great. Uh, but I really like uh, being able to, you know, do that with the audiences, you know, and get their get the people's uh, – take an interview interview them. So I, I think uh, that's kind of more important. At least that's what I, I told him. Uh, it's more important I get an opportunity to interview them. But, gosh, uh, it's going so fast. I have to bring it over uh, to you, Kelly. Thank you very much, uh, Susan. I really appreciate your kind words. And, and that, that would oh, be no, great. I'd really like to be able to, to do true. that. Well, I appreciate it. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you, uh, Susan. No problem. Well, yeah, it's been really an uh, interesting wild ride so far. We've got a whole bunch more states to go. We're going to have to see mm-hmm. if the third party emerges because the R's and D's are burning their own people. Um, this is just going to be, a, a, like I said before, just a, a wild ride. And uh, let's see. Tuesday, we got another one. Um, I want to bring a libertarian presidential candidate on board. 
if possible, um, and see what we can do with that. I think that'd be. Uh, I think there's going to be five on April first, and when you hear them, you're going to be like, "Wow, this person's amazing." Of course, then you always get the problem of, "Well, they're not electable as third party." So you know, we'll have to see. But um, that's kind of pretty much where my <clears throat> comments end. Well, definitely in the uh, – and I appreciate it. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. And, you know, definitely we'll get them on. We'll interview them. Uh, I think what the – you know, maybe the presidential candidates and things of that nature can do is they can have a national face uh, for their party, whereas, you know, it may not help uh, in the national races or like president or something of that nature. Um Maybe can help out with, you know, national congressional or, or Senate seats or maybe even some, you know, as I said, with a a national face for their local uh, their local their local candidates. And, and that can really help out. But, of course, uh, folks, so I am looking forward to next week. And I, I do uh, want to appreciate uh, say I appreciate and thank you for coming to the show and definitely uh, share out uh, tonight's link for other folks uh, can hear uh, the other people we've interviewed. And so they can really be, you know, hear what people are thinking about uh, the candidates. And so uh, definitely uh, share things out and, and visit the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thank you very much, everyone. See you next time. Uh, take care and have a very Happy St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, or actually it's today now, uh, if you're on the Eastern Standard Time, but have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Thank you very much. Take care. We'll see you, and good night. Mm -hmm.